Sound good? Sounds good. Hello, Brevin. Hello. How are we doing? We're doing all right on this, um, what day is it? It's, we, we can't say what day it is because, we, oh yeah, we can. You know what day it is? It's the day that you, listener, are listening to this. And we wanted this to be as topical as possible. There we go. We have a very quick turnaround, though. All things we considered. Do. It's, so if you're, if you're listening to this as it appears in your feed, you're pretty much just listening to us live. It's just a <laughs> long delay. A few hours after we record it. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, how's, how's the waste? No, the west. The waste. You always call it the waste. I'm, I'm, I'm in a very fallout mind. Right? I thought you were going to say, I'm in a wasteful mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. Um, it's pretty. It's beautiful. It's more beautiful than what's going on in this world right now. Ah, oh, hey now. Well, I mean, have you been to, uh, Armadillo, speaking of which? I haven't been to Armadillo still. Oh, interesting. Well, maybe if you want a slice of life, a, a slice of real life, go check out Armadillo. <laughs> slice of life. Uh, what is this podcast? This is Red Dead Reflection, where Brevin plays through Red Dead Redemption 2, and we comment on it as he goes. Um, what episode did you play up? Uh, what episode? What <laughs> played up to episode play up uh, to? 15. Um, <laughs> I played up to A New Future Imagined. A New Future Imagined. So, if you have not played up to A New Future Imagined, in epilogue be part two. warned that we will spoil up to that on this episode. Yes. Um, so feedback from last week uh, we will be reading the emails at the beginning of each episode did we How... actually get feedback about oh yeah that? yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. Rhea specifically had the idea of um, providing the timestamp so that if people are concerned about that which I don't even know if people are concerned about it because it's just like a thing I made up in my head where people might not want to listen to emails I, I talked to a couple of my friends who actually listened to us and they said they like the email section, so. Yeah. Well, I, and I think it's great. I, I love hearing it, people's thoughts. Actually, in Rhea's words, I don't know if I have it here. Um, if it bothers a lot of people, I think reading them off the top and making the timestamp for one of the story conversation would be useful. Uh, oh, see, I, I cut the part out where she talks about how it adds a lot of color to the show because it gets people's impressions that aren't just you and I. So I think, yep. I think they are very valuable, and I'm in no way trying to say that they're not um what's interesting though this week is that we didn't really get that many emails comparatively we got uh i'll count some for you one five emails and so yeah we've gotten what like roughly almost eight or nine the last couple weeks yeah so five emails and three of them were from thomas so all right thomas (laughs) now that we finally have like a strict set system in place we don't really need it because we don't have that many emails to worry about but anyway so so we'll just we'll just we'll just go free with it. no we're we'll not do it no, no no no, no. <laughs> it, it, this might actually be the last episode of this i don't know we'll get to it when we talk about the story but um i'll tell you right now no it's not it's all not right well hey there we go we got there is there's at least one more <laughs> okay so there's at least one more episode and that one that email segment will be bomb so please write into reddeadcast at gmail.com and well you'll have it read in a very structured sensible way on next week's episode yes i shouldn't say next week will be the last episode it's more like next week will be like so i'll explain to you what i did for this week since well i already told you a mission so i didn't you didn't ask me how much i played i didn't so how much did i play played like three hours and i'll tell you why it was less than it's been the last few weeks so i looked at like the progression for the story so i was at 90 percent 
at the end of last time. So it's like, okay, I want to make this two episodes long, so I just let's just do play until we hit 5%, 95%. Very interesting. And then I'll hit 100% next week. So there's at least a guaranteed another episode. I think that's wise, actually, because if, yeah, if we tried to cram that whole 10% into one episode, it might be a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know yeah, what? I played, I played like seven missions, so there's a, there's a decent amount to talk about, six or seven missions. I didn't ask you how much you played. I think I'm, I've been reflecting a lot this week and I think I'm growing as a person and I'm placing less value on numbers and arbitrary amounts. Cause I mm-hmm. think Brevin, you bring value to this podcast regardless of how, of how many hours you play. So why even ask, <laughs> right? I like that. I like that. I like the new Tyler. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the new, it's the new, the me. new Tyler. Uh, all right. So Thomas, our guy writes in Thomas. Sets us straight. So he says the animal Arthur sees in an is an elk. Oh yeah, the loading screen. Okay. Yes, and if he's high honor, uh, it, it's it's an elk if he's high honor and a wolf if he's low honor. Okay, so I did um, hear that right. We will we will revisit that later because Rhea actually says it's a coyote if it's low honor, and people often mistake it for a wolf. Um, okay, so that's interesting. Uh, and then he also sends in an email that sort of floored me a little bit because he said. Now, do you, okay, do you remember last episode, last episode, I think it must have been last episode, where we were mm-hmm. sort of like saying, oh, well, Thomas says this, and that's pretty cool, but oh, we don't know if it's real, because it's from the internet. Do you remember any What was that? Do you remember like what that, that was about? I feel like I remember that, but I can't remember at all I don't what remember what, exactly what he said. I, no, I think it was, he, I mean, he, he just writes in with like cool tips and like random cool facts fun and facts, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. And we were joking, right, and saying oh, well, I can't believe what Thomas says just because he's some <laughs> random guy on the internet. But he writes in and he says, if you think my mail's fake, then don't read it, man. Wow. So I actually <laughs> took the time and I, I replied. I don't often reply to emails because I feel like bringing them up on the show. But I replied and I said, believe me, Thomas, we trust you. Just making a joke about how you can't trust what you read on the internet. Thanks for listening in, et cetera. Um, <laughs> and he, he replied and we're, we're on good terms again. So I, I want to set that straight. Um. <laughs> but so one thing that he says, he, he in his response to my response is, I wasn't mm-hmm. sure you guys probably know more about Red Dead than me. So I thought it was wrong. And that's, dude, I don't know anything about this that game struck when it comes me to... because you and I don't know about Red Dead. You know, no, I can't look up anything about this game. So I have no clue about these little fun facts other than the ones that people tell me. Exactly. And like, well, uh, continue. G- like the one thing I can't wait to do when I finish this game is look at all those like videos on YouTube where it's like 45 details you'll never believe in Red Dead because I can't look <laughs> at that stuff now because I can't spoil it. It's yeah, I'm excited know. for that. Yeah. Well, I like I am in the position where I could be an expert because I don't have the spoiler um issue and mm-hmm. I have played through it before, but um I'm I don't want to well I'm, I'm a little bit lazy, so I don't want to like put that pressure on myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I, I have been reflecting and we'll, we'll get to some more feedback about my role on the show later as we progress through the email segment. Oh, but okay. um, I do want to say, I don't think I brought my best self last week to the podcast. Wow. So I, I want to be more mindful of that and be more present and aware because it's what ha- did you do last week i don't i don't think it was anything did you particular. emotionally hurt me to the point where i don't remember what you did to emotionally <laughs> yeah, yeah you you were you repressed the memory Grevin. no i just think I, I just i well the stuff about not remembering the elk is an issue that i got some flack for um 
and and just like generally what's weird about about recording a podcast is you record it the same time every week regardless of how your day went that day or what mood you're in or what mindset you're in so it's tough to keep that consistency um but still i think there's more that i could do on my part to like get myself geared up for it and just Mm -hmm. like not bring real life into it you know what i'm saying well, to cover you too, this has to do with like necessarily bringing real life into it. But this week, you did text me and you asked me, "Hey, what part did you play up to?" I think you texted me on like Saturday or Sunday, and I was like, "Come on, Tyler, you know I wait till the absolute last possible second, possible second to play, so I can remember everything <laughs> relatively well." And you're like, "All right, I'll guess it." But <laughs> so you did try. It's not like you didn't. Well, this week, I you better believe I prepared. So, oh man, for you're example, gonna know more than I did. <laughs> well, maybe, well, maybe. <laughs> Well, okay. I'm just going to continue, and then we'll get there when we get there. All right. So, Rhea writes in again. So, every time Rhea writes in, I try to do the thing where, like, you copy the key points and, like, summarize it for the sake of the show. And I Mm -hmm. end up just copying her entire email because it's all, like, I can't leave any of it out. It's all great. Yeah, it's great. Great content, Rhea. We really appreciate it. Um, So, she... Remember we were talking about Nier? She says Nier is actually already available on PC. It was released on PC and PS4 in 2017 and recently came out on Xbox One in 2019. Then what are we thinking about? Not to cut you off. No. uh, Is it Horizon? Horizon Zero Dawn might be the one because I remember being sort of happy that that was coming to I knew it was a PS4 exclusive, but anyway, continue. So I I just want to bring this up again because she says, I recommend on console unless you have a good PC rig because uh-huh. mine couldn't handle ultra settings. Well, funny you should ask, Rhea, because Brevin, is my PC good enough for Nier? Your PC is good enough for... And okay. why do you know that, Brevin? Not for Nier, for Horizon, but wait, oh wait, for Nier? Yeah, it is for Nier. We're still talking about Nier. <laughs> you are, you are yeah, losing I'm, the thread. I'm all confused. <laughs> why is it good enough? Because I built it for him with his help, but he kind of built it himself. Because I built it for him. I like I that spin it. on it. Um, <laughs> well, we recorded a podcast about building a PC together, which I yes. th- I was hoping you would no, bring that up. Gonna... <laughs> no. Okay. Well, we have a podcast called Computable, if you guys are interested in listening to us go through building a podcast together. Um, no. Yes, building a podcast. <laughs> in a meta way, though. It is sort that of is. building That's, a podcast That was our together. intro to podcasting. That's interesting. I like that. There we go. Um, there. Yeah. So if you're interested, check out Computable. Um and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, she continues to say, as for Western films, Rockstar definitely draws loads of inspiration from old Westerns. Dances with Wolves is actually a great place to start. The Medicine Man, Kicking Bird, is f- in the movie, is played by the same actor who voices Rain's Fall in RDR2, Graham oh, Greene. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then she says, who is on- on- Oh, man. Some words that I'm not going to pronounce right. O- Onita of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy. Sounded good to me. I don't know what that means, but I liked it. I'm sure it's very good. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I'm just. (laughs) I should have. I should have looked up what that was in hindsight, but here I am. So, um, and this is this is where we get to me reading it and sort of like wanting to curl up into a ball. I do have to agree with the forgetfulness in the context of this of the podcast, since this is Brevin's first playthrough. I think it would have been helpful if Tyler had read slash watched a refresher on the story. The animal Brevin talked about is a good example because it is a symbol of Arthur. Um, so she links a video of Arthur leaving the doctor's office where the animals first appear. Is that really the first time? Wow, I feel like that was all throughout the game, but maybe not. I mean, that was also like halfway through Arthur's playthrough. So I think it was. The, I think it was the first time. That's crazy. Anyway, um, I'm. Yeah, I th- I think in this sense of it being like a 
what, what would you call like not not like a surreal event where those animals show up i think that's the first time it happens mm-hmm. and i watched this this video and i really didn't remember it that well which i think goes to show the value in like like the elk up. you didn't remember yeah because you it shows arthur leaving the uh doctor's office and mm-hmm. he he walks in saint denis like down a street for like half a mile with um quotes going on in the background the quotes and audio dialogue audio snippets that are playing depend on whether or not you're high or low honor and then at the end of the street um either if you're low honor a coyote will walk by if you're high honor an elk will walk by that was Um, the time where i brought up the fact that you hear mary and the girl from annisburg or ansburg oh is that that right okay i do remember you mentioning that and you didn't know who um I didn't know who the Ansberg woman the was. The Dawn's. Well, I forgot what her first name is. Yeah, I forget her name either. Oh, not Dawn's. Downs. Yeah, Downs. Um, so she really, I mean, if you're interested in learning about the symbolism of these animals, Rhea has us covered, which is awesome because I feel like I struggle a little bit with like visual symbolism. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, it's different. Um, so she gives us great great content here that's actually like she cites dot org websites and everything it's 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 wonderful so all right uh pull your pull your what does thomas say uh not thomas is it thomas wait it's thomas right i i don't know if we call them thomas or tom it's like, it's like our, our pants, email pull friend. your pants up is that what it was yeah it pull pull your boots up and sit in your cozy house because <laughs> we are going to learn about these animals let's hear it coyotes are known for their crafty intelligence stealth and voracious appetite However, American Indian coyote characters vary widely from tribe to tribe. In some Native American coyote myths, coyote is a revered culture hero who creates, teaches, and helps humans. In others, he is a sort of anti-hero who demonstrates the dangers of negative behavior like greed, recklessness, and arrogance. In still others, he is a comic trickster character whose lack of wisdom gets him into trouble while his cleverness gets him back out. In some Native coyote stories, he is even some sort of combination of all three at once. So this is a direct quote, not from Rhea, but from a website that she's citing. Um, and she goes on to say, based on many context clues from the game, we can presume it's a reflection of Lakota Dakota Sioux legend. Um, and now this is a quote about that legend in particular. Mm-hmm. Coyote is one of the two major trickster figures of Plains Indian mythology. In Plains Indian stories, Coyote nearly always takes the shape of a man. He is clever but reckless and is constantly getting himself and the people around him into trouble with his socially inappropriate behavior like greed, boastfulness, lying, and chasing women. Coyote's stories are usually humorous in nature, and many of them contain what today is considered adult humor, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Other Plains le- uh, Coyote legends are cautionary tales about the consequences of bad behavior and the dangers of interacting with irresponsible people. Although Coyote usually either narrowly avoids death or returns to life after being killed, the mortals around him are not always so lucky. Uh, so I, what I hmm, what that I sounds like, familiar. I know. So <laughs> isn't that like a beautiful analogy? I think for Arthur on his worst days, um, mm-hmm. and that's sort of how I like to think about Low Honor Arthur because just to say like bad Arthur sounds like a oversimplification of arthur's character to say that he's so malleable like i think i don't know isn't that sort of well, it's like saying evil awkward. arthur which is weird yeah, yeah like it's not, it's evil, not evil arthur not because e- I, I i was i did play a little bit this week um you play online or single single player and i'm mm-hmm. playing uh a dishonorable arthur quote unquote but even in the cutscenes, as a dishonorable arthur he's not 
evil like in no sense of the word i don't think like i i did the cut scene where um is it mary his love Mm -hmm. she sends out the letter to request his help and i i was like well i'm i'm a low honor arthur so i think i'm just going to reject helping mary which you can argue whether or not that's honor or dishonorable i don't know i just wanted to play it with from that angle because last time i helped her yeah um and even in this scene like it's it's hard to watch because Mary is so clearly like still in love with Arthur, I think, and battling that. Mm-hmm. And if you reject if you if you refuse to help her, it's not like you suck, Mary. I'm not going to help you. It's like I'm not going to help you because your family doesn't like me and I that pa- that part of my life is over. It's like a, it's a very uh like clear-cut dry yeah it's like it's normal it's not Mm -hmm. it's not an extreme caricature of arthur who's like pulling guns on people and being a jerk all the time yeah yeah like i think of mass effects um evil choices that are just like extreme the worst person ever would do this and it's like that's not really the same person at that point yeah if you take it to that extreme it doesn't fit the mold anymore um but I do think that Arthur, when he's being a quote-unquote d- dishonorable person, you do get into these um, getting getting the people around him in trouble with his socially inappropriate behavior like greed, boastfulness, lying. Not so much chasing women, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, it's the, it's the same idea. Like You can definitely see these bits of Arthur in him. And that, that actually might be a good way of looking at it. Like, devil on one shoulder, angel on the other. Mm-hmm. Arthur is represented by probably both of these animals at the same time. It's just which one wins out in your playthrough. Does he give in to his negative temptations or does he give in to his, or I don't know if it would be giving in at that point, but striving towards his um, urge to do good in this world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I wonder why Rockstar chose to have Arthur not have the option to like chase women. It's very, it's very interesting because that was obviously a really big part. I don't want to say obviously, but... That existed in the United States at that time, probably heavily, I would say. Um, so I wonder why they chose not to. It There's definitely would fit the time. Booming industry, if I understand correctly. Yeah. Of a prostitution on the frontier. Um, check, I wonder if it was to give on that. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I wonder if that. it was to give Mary like more. I don't know prevalence. Because maybe it would feel weird if you're like seeing prostitutes on the side, but also trying to see mary like do that story i don't know it's 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 interesting yeah this is where i start to think about like wisening up to their audience and setting an example which i don't necessarily think they have a responsibility to do so to speak but just being more mindful of it because the the mini the the stripper mini games and stuff are like fun right i don't i I don't enjoy them they're funny i would say yeah yeah like they're just just funny to exist like you i i sort of get the humor and just how absurd it is and like but if you are if if you're looking at grand theft auto and saying all of these 10 year old boys or whatever are playing this and this is what they're seeing as a representation of a woman by sitting in front of the screen for 80 hours with this experience i think Mm -hmm. that might be like approaching levels of Eh, don't do that so much. Yeah, you know? like, I don't yeah. know. Grand Theft Auto Five though, like it really, it doesn't hide much, and that game's played by a lot of kids. We know that for sure. 
Like, I mean, there's, like, if you play the story in Grand Theft Auto V, you're gonna see a lot of, like, sex-related stuff. in like, really, like, out there. Like, not out there, but, you know, really shown. It's not hidden. Yeah, and it's it's specific. Like, I don't think there's that much... It, it's mostly women who are being sexualized, right? Like, there's yes. no... So, I think I think that is the lack of balance that they might be addressing here by saying, no, Arthur has a complex relationship with the woman and he's not chasing tail all day and you can't even interact really with the woman in the taverns and stuff and yeah, yeah. whatever you want to call it um it makes me wonder what grand theft auto 6 has in store for like that type of story like are we going to get something similar to red dead or are we going to get something similar to gta 5 or or we like i look at gta 4 as like similar to red dead and gta 5 leaning towards like the grand theft auto san andreas type story I wonder look what at Grand Theft Auto 4 is similar to Red Dead. Yeah, like like the the more serious undertone with with bubbling up of humor along the way versus a humorous undertone with like it's sort of serious at times. Yeah. I think is the the thread that they walk on. Um yeah, I don't know. It, it's going to be weird to see Grand, the next Grand Theft Auto after playing through this because this sort this game sort of blows me away in its confidence in narrative and character development and everything like it I, I was actually trying to look at what i was playing through with a critical eye and say like what are we going to think of this game a few years down the road mm-hmm. and you can see some there's still some sort of awkwardness with the attempt at realism graphics where you're like yeah like that doesn't really look totally real like if you if you stare closely enough at, at some of the textures you you can get the uncanny valley effect i think or like really? some of you the mouth so? movements. yeah i mean if some I, of the mouth movements i agree with you on but i feel like like texture wise on humans they did a really good job at like not bran- branching that really weird um what's it called uncanniness uncanny, uncanny valley yeah i mean I, i'm not saying that it's something that's apparent but i'm, I'm saying mm. if you go and look for it you will it find exists. that but I do think in spite of that, the narrative and the, the delivery from the characters totally holds up. So oh, yeah. it's in a similar vein to GTA 4, I think, where those characters still feel real because the deliveries were so good. Oh, mm-hmm. we should play through that game again, man. I just I know. About we, it. Always talk, we always talk about it. I love it. It's such a good game. <laughs> man. You know, that's... All right, this is off topic, but if I want one thing from 6, I want it to feel more like GTA 4. I want it to be, like, a gr- slightly grounded. I, I don't want to say GTA 4 is a grounded game, because there's still a lot of absurd stuff that happens, but a little bit more modern world grounded Grand Theft Auto game. Sounds Yeah, cool. I mean, after after 5 came out, like, I played it, but I, f- I feel like 5 made me forget or challenge my understanding of what I like about Grand Theft Auto games. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. I was so hyped for it. Oh, me and too. then I got it, and I was like, yeah, this is cool. You know? Like, mm-hmm. did you have a similar experience at all? I think... Oh, I'm trying to think, honestly, what I... It was so long ago at this point. seven years yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really did enjoy it when I first got it. It blew me away. Like, I, hadn't, I didn't have a PC back then. I didn't know what, like, crazy graphics really looked like. So that was, like, insane to me, that game. Hmm. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I don't know. Like, I, I was also less, I think looking into games as like pieces of art back then and rather just kind of like oh i get to go shoot people and go do fun things in games rather than yeah nothing wrong with that obviously i don't know what it is i think i think when i was playing san andreas and i was like 12 years old or whatever Mm -hmm. it's probably too young to be playing that game whatever 
um, <laughs> it was it was magical for me. Like I think the world. I don't know what it. I don't know what it is. It's it's hard. I think when you're comparing games to ones that you played when you were a kid, like you cannot compare that because your emotions were like on high and you were super in tune and you were like ready for that experience with just hours of your week. You could commit yep. to it and be in that world. And now I'm like, I don't know. I was probably, I don't know. I was in high school, right? When five came out. Yeah. Yeah. We were in high school. Yeah. I just think we, it's not, it's not the same atmosphere. Um, all right. We we talk about Grand Theft Auto Five enough, yeah, I think. We can move on. <laughs> <laughs> the deer, on the other hand, all right, uh, is, is deer... an elk or a deer? Uh, I was going to say, are about the deer and elk different animals? <laughs> I think they are. I think an elk is different. I don't know why, but I do. I I could see it as being like an elk is a male deer, um, but no, no, a male deer is a buck. See, I don't think it's an elk. I think it is a deer because when I watched the video, I was like, that's pretty small for an elk because elks are massive. They're like moose mm-hmm. size. Yeah, yeah. Know, but so they're... meat size? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't want to talk about animals anymore. I feel like I know so little. <laughs> um, the deer, on the other hand, I think is a little more obvious. It's, this is a um, direct quote from Rhea now. It's no longer mm-hmm. from... Uh... Oh, sorry. I got to go back a little bit. So overall, the coyote generally represents foolery, playfulness, cunning, stealth, malevolence, recklessness, resourcefulness, and occasionally wisdom and helpfulness. The deer, on the other hand, I think is a little more obvious. It symbolizes grace, natural beauty, innocence, vulnerability, vigilance, celerity, gentleness, and compassion. You got me there. I don't know what celerity means. Um, Reminds me of celery. (laughs) C-E-L-E-R-I-T-Y. I, I, I'm not even going to attempt to take a guess of what it means. I could Google it, but I it's, don't want I, to. I it, sort of if someone like, said that, I would assume it sounds like like the same thing, kind of like grace. Like, you know, like grace. It sounds like a really chill, like, cool, sereneness <laughs> word. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that if you, if you Google celerity, it, it says chill, cool, and serene. Yeah. That's the definition. Um, specifically, Arthur sees a male buck, which further symbolizes virility and assertiveness. Which that's <sighs> definitely Arthur, if you ask me. He's very assertive when he needs to be. Yes. So I, I, I do like I do like the symbolism there. Um, I feel like that honestly matches up less with Arthur than the um, coyote does. I got to be honest with you. I don't know if I look at Arthur. Juan, can you say again what what Rhea said? Celerity, what it, of course. Of celerity, that's the one. <laughs> thank you. Uh, grace, natural beauty, innocence, vulnerability, vigilance, celerity, gentleness, and compassion. So, I don't look at Arthur as an innocent person, like like someone like oh no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know what that was, but I love it. I love. I just I just pictured Arthur throwing his hands up, and going oh no. That's what I mean. <laughs> um. So I, I think we can, because it's symbolism, obviously you don't need to say all of these need to apply to be, to have this symbol apply to Arthur. Um, but I, I think the main part of this game is at his core, Arthur is a coyote. Yes. But when he gets that realization that he's dying, he begins to strive towards being the male buck instead. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's what they're, that's what they're trying to say by providing the symbol, um, commiserate to what your actions have been so far in the game. Yeah. So, I mean, last time I said, I don't know what you're talking about, Brevin. 
Are you more comfortable with the... <laughs> now I'm comfortable bringing it back up. Because before I just was like, oh god, Tyler's gonna get mad if I bring this up because he doesn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> get mad? What? I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh, you're gonna give the wrong impression, man. <laughs> um, and I do want to mention, so she goes very in-depth in her evidence for um, believing that Rains Falls is, is a Lakota Native American. Um it's interesting because Lakota's like a tribe, right? Okay, I'm just, I'm just yes, making sure. I'm pretty sure. Sure. All right, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'll take that. It's some sort of classification, at least. Okay. Uh, including a... Okay, so sh- she gives a lot of evidence there, and it's very good. I'm going to say take her word for it, because she's got binders full of evidence here. <laughs> also, I don't know... I don't want to say tribe. Tribe sounds kind of weird. I don't know if... That, is that what Native American groups are called? Tribes? That sounds... Let's say yes and move on because I don't want to talk about that because that I feel good. like I don't know enough and I'm going to yep. make someone mad. Exactly. I already feel like I made somebody mad. You so did. I apologize. I'm, I'm mad. You know how you were saying <laughs> I was going to get mad? Well, here it is, Brevin. You I apologize if that is the wrong terminology. <laughs> Moving on. No, I, I'm, I'm like 99% sure that that's fine. I don't think. Let's just keep exactly. going. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> All right. So she says that there's references. Oh. Uh, Wazia is a is a giant in Lakota. I don't know what. See now, I'm, now, now I'm thinking about the words that I'm saying. I was going to say mythology, but I don't know if it's religion or folklore, whatever you want to say. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a I, and I. This is so weird. Can I just say this? She she references two things in the game that are like things you might f- stumble upon and they're two like unique locations let's say mm-hmm. in my few hours that i played the game yesterday i organically found these two things that she mentioned specifically isn't that weird that's yeah that's kind of absurd first thing that she mentions is um a spelling practice note that's found at fort riggs and contains a hidden message uh fort riggs is the burned down fort i actually think it looks like an, a burned down re- reservation right before the crossover towards Blackwater. Oh, so I probably would not have seen it. it but it's not. Location. You might, though, because you might go by on the way to Strawberry from uh, Valentine. Oh, okay. All right. You, you, it doesn't ring a I, bell, but maybe I If I show you a picture, it. you would recognize it. Um, All right. But yeah, it's just found in there. Um, oh, wait. Yeah, I think I do know what you're You said Destroyed Reservation, right? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I think I've came across it. I just happened to stumble upon this. It, it, I don't know. I'm weirded out by that. It, Rhea's in my head, man. Something. <laughs> so if you take the first letter of... So this this paper that you find is, is just a spelling practice where it's a bunch of random words written out. It reminds me of like a typing test where you are trying to type out words and mm-hmm. do so many words per minute. But if you take the first letter of each word, it actually spells out a poem. So are you ready? I'm going to recite this poem for I'm you. I'm ready. Wazia comes with winter breath, his trees stand guard, whispering all night that we sleep in our grave. Father fought and died so quickly, mother dies slow. Thoughts? Read it again, because it's so short. Wazia comes with winter breath, his trees stand guard, whispering all night that we sleep in our grave. Father fought and died so quickly, mother dies slow. So Wazia is that? That's like some type of thing they so, worship. Wazia is a cruel giant who blew the north wind. It was banished to the ends of the earth for his misdeeds. 
Um, so comes with winter breath is presumably a reference to the north wind. Yep. Uh, it, it's it's sort of, and I don't want to sound like, well, I I don't know. It's it's like the the north. There's there's a giant for each um, direction, north, mm-hmm. east, south, and the north giant is supposed to be like the malicious one, I guess. Okay. Um. So he comes with winter breath. His trees stand guard, whispering all night. Oh, some, someone someone needs a muffler. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, what? What this made me think of, father fought and died so quickly, mother dies slow. Spoilers for Red Dead Redemption 1. We will be spoiling that throughout the show as well. That reminds me of the what happens to John in Abigail. Yes, okay, that's what I thought you were going to say. Because John, at the end of Red Dead Redemption 1, dies, in, in, dies fighting and dies quickly. And we learn after that scene ends and we are in the shoes of Jack that he's standing over Abigail's grave, who died, I think, two years later is the... I don't know what it is. I don't remember why or even when. I think there's an implication that she died of some sort of illness. Um, gotcha. so, so she, she would have died, died slowly. slowly. Yeah. I don't know if that's what they're reference if, if what if that's what they mean to reference here though because I mean it links up the good. first two lines. Um Anyway, I don't we could spend all day talking about this. Yeah. Uh there's also a giant skeleton that you can find on Mount Shan and that seems to be reference to him as well. And I found this skeleton too, just walking around. What? I don't know, man. It's we. It, it weirded me out. Now, I and how big is a giant? So it's big. It's like uh, it's like it's like the 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 thigh bone is as long as a regular human's leg. Oh wow! So it's like actually, it's like it's like Skyrim giants. We're talking What's about. weird about this too is you walk up to it, and I thought it was just going to be like something in the environment that you can if you play if the player notices it the player notices it and it's like yeah, yeah. that type of easter egg but arthur talks about it draws it in his journal and then writes a little message about it isn't that crazy what do you so, say so he he says like um so, some large man died out here <laughs> <laughs> perfect that's exactly I what i was expecting to say I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I don't know exactly what he says, but it's it's some it's of, it, it's a really funny like rationalization of it from Arthur's perspective. Um, yeah, but I encourage perfect. you to go to Mount Shan and discover this for yourself. I, I Where actually, is Mount Shan? Is that like is that near like the the snowy part? Of the it's map, north of Strawberry, and I had never been there before. Oh, is that like where you do the debt? Kind of, uh, you have to go up a mountain, kind of, to do that. But don't you don't go near nearly to the top. Up I don't know. One for a debt. I don't. That doesn't sound familiar to me. But anyway, it's, it's the one where you go to the get the where I told you about the bobcat that attacks you in the cave. I don't think it's that same area. Right. It might be. It's it's a weird like picturesque location. It sort of reminded me of Breath of the Wild a little bit. How you can like mm. see everything around you, um, but it's not anywhere that you need to go. Which is just the the amount of places like that in this game are astounding. Uh, she gives the gives the suggestion about emails okay just to just to close on her email as a whole i love it thank you so much Mm -hmm. yep thank you um so we should watch western movies right brevin i think that should be our episode after the end of this pot like after the end of the game would be watching western movies watch a couple of them something out that would be so cool i think just to yeah we'll have to figure out how to watch movies whenever I, I i need to watch something i'm like astounded when i discover i need to buy it on a platform like whoa <laughs> that's weird um 
forgetfulness criticism yes thank you i will do better and i okay so just i will to do say, better on the 17th episode of this <laughs> show. no but in preparation for this i specifically watched playthroughs and put them on in the background and paid attention to like cutscenes and stuff as they came up mm-hmm. all the way through to the end of the game so now ah, i'm right. now i'm set like i yeah, you're done you I'm did your homework refreshed and i have notes to talk to you about uh if wow. you did end up playing the mission that i took notes on uh, so I'm I'm taking your feedback and I'm trying to internalize it and be a better podcast host and a better. And person. guess what? We can use it for when or if we play Red Dead One. So <laughs> there we go. Oh, the feedback you mean? Yeah, we can use that. We can use that feedback of your for. Oh, actually, no, it'll be See, different. It won't be the, the same thing. I don't thing. think it would be an issue because we'd both be playing. Yeah, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. Anyway, just to just to end um, with Ria's email, I also have a master's in information science, hence all the research. Uh, also, she's saying also because last week I think it was Drew. No, not Drew. Drew's someone who wrote in this week. So, uh, sorry, I'm forgetting your name, but someone wrote in and said that they have a bachelor's in information science or some no a literary degree. Yeah, that's the one I remember. What's yes. infor- what is information science? Do you know what that is? Is that like the? No, I don't even want to take a guess. I don't even want to. I think it is the analysis and drawing meaning from data. Okay, that's, that's what I was gonna take a a guess on something that's like that that's my impression maybe it's like information architecture where like you're trying to figure out the best way to sort and store store information i don't know ria let us know what your master's yeah. is about because that's cool um it also might be about like research papers too because she's mm-hmm. apparently very good at this um okay and she says can we all just rally behind a book club podcast for video games because i am down it's essentially what we're doing, right? Yeah, that is pretty much it. <laughs> but <laughs> if we sure. if we wanted to take our take this formula and generalize it, I think the book club for video games would be like the yeah yeah thematically. You, you want to talk a little meta right now? That's do Just it. A tiny bit. We don't. Right, so, I mean, we don't have any pretenses. So. <laughs> exactly. So, what, how do you think this podcast would work better? Would do we have it this format where I haven't played a game and you have? We could do that format. We could do the format we both played a game, or we could do a format where neither of us have played the game. I think it I think it works best either if we one of us has played the game or both of us are. Rather than neither. Do you know what I mean? Like so, Red Dead One is a replay, but if we never had played Red Dead One, we'd be playing it through for the first time together, which is harder to like figure out where we need to go next. It's a little different. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um see, here's okay, where you want to get really meta? We can get pretty meta. I like our podcast idea because in my mind, we don't speak authoritatively on the game as if we are experts. Mm-hmm. That's not the impression that's being given out because of people like Thomas who think that we are experts. Sorry for giving that impression. We are not. <laughs> I like I like that idea because it sort of takes the pressure off, as I said, and lets us have a more genuine conversation without worrying about crossing our t's and being 100 percent accurate all the time which i think mm-hmm. would sort of stifle our conversation mm-hmm. um so in that sense i think it would actually be pretty fun for both of us to play through a new game together for the first time i think that would be cool mm-hmm. we might need help um as far maybe like maybe we could find someone who had played it before and just tell them hey can you give us stopping points for where we should stop that's the key right there that solves that issue yeah or we could even just figure it out together and be like, hey, Brevin, what'd you play up to this week? Oh, you played up to this quest or mission or whatever. I'll let me get do there. the same thing. And yeah. And that's that's an organic way of doing it. And I think it I think it's fine. I think that would be really fun to do that together. 
yeah to play through something not even if it's red dead related just something a good story you know narrative based game and i think that would guarantee that we both had the same ground baseline Mm -hmm. because if i'm not catching up on what happened then i'm going off of memories from when i played a year ago or whatever versus you having it fresh in your mind Mm -hmm. um yeah so i think that that would be cool either way brevin and we could figure it out learn as we go that's true what do you guys think? Do you have a preference? Do you, do you have any thoughts on our form and uh, what you would enjoy out of a future podcast? Uh, that's super valuable to us. It is. Like Red I said, we're going to continue doing gmail. this for a while. Reddeadcast at gmail.com since I talked over you. But yeah, we're going to be doing this for a while. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pending any disasters, I guess. Yeah, that's true. I don't know why it's I need to say it's... that. Isn't that implied? yeah <laughs> <laughs> no matter what if even if there are disasters we're still gonna do it still gonna push through um drew writes in drew is All a right. first time writer playing nice. along and what's funny is drew actually says playing along like a book club has made it uh, made it great to process everything that's happened and motivates me to keep at it no matter how depressing it gets i like i like that it's it an interesting depressing. Yeah, is he saying that the game is depressing or our podcast is depressing? <laughs> <laughs> or just the world is depressing right now, because I could also see that, too. That's true, because he says it gets, so it could be a lot. I like that you're leaving it up to interpretation there, Drew. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, he mentions the gunslinger side quests. Uh, Billy, Billy Midnight's pistol is like a Mauser Plus. So are you familiar with the gunslinger side quests? I did not. It doesn't sound familiar. So I actually did this um, in my recent replaythrough, so I can speak to this. And they are really cool. They're weird, though, because... So the Gunslinger missions were... So if you if you go to the smaller bar in Valentine, the one that's, like, off to the side... Yeah, I've been on that before. There's a man who's writing a book, and he he's, well, he's an author, um, mm-hmm. and he's sitting next to this uh older this old man who's a former gunslinger and he's just like blitzed out of his mind like passed out on the bar mm-hmm. and he's just trying to like coax some narrative out of this guy and he's pretty much unresponsive i think he's like unconscious actually um and what he what he wants you to do is he's like i'm writing a biography on this guy who's a legendary gunslinger uh but he's like <laughs> incapacitated because mm-hmm. he's so drunk um, can you go and find these other legendary gunslingers and tell me what uh, they thought of this guy and see if you can get some like stories about him and stuff so that he can piece together and make a make a biography. So funny thing is, this is the first stranger mission I ever ran into, but so you, I never finished it. And I'll tell you why you never finished it. So he gives you the four, four photographs of mm-hmm. these different people. And on the back of the photograph is a location that's it's something that he wrote down that's supposed to like summarize where they were last seen when i when i first in my in my first playthrough when i encountered this i was like okay so it's like the dinosaur bones i just need to sort of stumble upon these people maybe i'll get a hint of a general area by reading the uh pictures but i don't want to do that right now so i just walked out and pretty much forgot all about this mission i forgot about it completely until you brought it up see but, and then, now this time I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this mission because I bet you they make analogs to the ends of Arthur and John. I think that would be an interesting perspective because these old gunslingers, even though they're not, I mean, 
Would you call Arthur and John gunslingers? Not really. In Not fact, really. there's some funny commentary where um, <laughs> he's uh, the author is like, "Wait, are you are you a gunslinger?" And Arthur's mm. like, eh, "I prefer shooting people in the back." <laughs> just like <laughs> just like comments like that, just like totally de-romanticizing anything to do with a gunslinging, um, <laughs> which is true. I mean, he's like he's like the meat and potatoes guy whereas gunslinging is like a fine cuisine i don't know why yeah, i went yeah. for that analogy. no i get it it, it makes sense yeah, yeah, sure. yeah he's a staple um <laughs> so i i leave the bar and i take out my satchel and i look at each of these pictures and then you press the button to flip them over as you do and when you do that it actually adds to your map the location as question marks it might, it might even show the, the people's names. So mm-hmm. if it's Billy Midnight, it would say BM. That's unfortunate. I think about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on the map. So, like, all that you had to do to participate in this stranger mission was take out the pictures and look at them. And it would show you exactly where you needed to go. Maybe it's, like, the radius thing. But really, it's exactly where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, all that to say, I think this is a weird structure for a stranger mission. Why not just give us the, the mark marks on our map, like, without making us look at the items yeah that's a little weird game design but whatever that's like I, very old school if i were to guess i'd say they originally wanted to do it where they just didn't give you markers and you had to rely on the notes to like old school i thought that's what you were gonna say that, and that, that's how that would worked. be sort of cool i mean that's like the morrowind thing where you'll ask someone hey where's the tower and they'll say like oh you will go by the three trees in a group and then you'll see it on the right and you, that's that's all the information that's all have. yeah oh man there's there's a beauty in that and a great failure i think at yep. the same time and then i bet you someone play tested it and was like oh no one's playing these missions let's just give them the markers but then you're stuck with this weird like half in between solution i don't know anyway Okay, this is still the email segment. It just <laughs> blows my mind. Um, so, uh, you find these four gunslingers. One guy is just totally drunk on a train. This is Billy Midnight. Mm. And all these people are just supposed to be, like, real legends. And this guy is just distraught. He's, like, uh, murmuring things like, like, I didn't shoot him in his sleep, I swear. Like, really dark and sad, like, reality. Um, it's just burbling out of his mouth and then you you finally chase him along the the top of the train you're just you're just trying to talk to him but i think he thinks that you're like attacking him or something yeah 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 um and you so this this these series of missions are cool because with everyone maybe not every everyone that you run into but with most of them you end up doing a, a gunslinging duel which you don't do that many oh. in this game right yeah, you don't there's like That's, two in the main story isn't that funny but the mechanic is still there um so you do a duel with him and and I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to shoot the gun out of his hand and try to be like a good person. And you shoot the gun out of this guy's hand and he, oh, you know what it was? He wasn't even trying to shoot. He wasn't trying to attack. He was trying to kill himself. And oh. that was when it went into the um, quick time. It's not yep. quick time. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you're talking about. I shot the gun out of his hand and he pulled another gun and killed himself anyway. Oh <laughs> so my God, was like, funny. well, this guy has to die, I, I guess. Um <laughs> So it's just, it. I, I encourage you to play through them on your next playthrough. Um, they're all so. There's one guy who has a little pig ranch, and he got it. He cut a deal with the government, and that's how we got it. Um, which does that sound familiar to you? That does not sound familiar. That one. Uh, it's reminiscent, I think, of 
um, John in Red Dead 1, how he's working with the government to get them off his back, and then mm-hmm. he can go back to his ranch, right? Yep. Do you, you don't... Okay. Sure. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I don't um, remember that. I don't remember that specific part with the pigs, or the pig farm. Well, no, there's no specific part with pigs. That's just... Oh, just okay, guy. okay. I'm sorry. It's a, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to spell it all out for you, Brevin. <laughs> I understand. Not really, um, but it's fine. So this this guy's cool because when you do the gunslinging thing with him, he actually throws a knife at you. And the first mm-hmm. time, I just got a knife in my chest. Like, it's hot. you need to be really fast. Um, anyway, these are cool missions. I think you should check them out. Can you not do them as John? You got a satchel, so, like, technically you'd have the photos. You just wouldn't know what the point of them Give is. Give it a try. I mean, see if they're there. Could you imagine? I mean, he has the journal. That's funny. Like, technically, you, in theory, could, but then, no, you you can't because then it you would suggest know that these people to. were still there for however many years after. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, it's not, yeah, I don't think you could do that. Yeah, that breaks it a little bit. There's a lot of stranger missions you can do, though, as John. Like, that, I have part twos of a lot of stranger missions I did with Arthur that I can still do with John. Is that right? Yep. Can you do They're some of those map. for me and report back? See what happens? Yeah, I'll, yeah. Have to do, I'll do them for next episode. That's weird, because um, I'm pretty sure I was pretty thorough about finishing my Arthur Stranger missions. That would suck to lock you out of so many things. I don't know if Jack did that and read that one. I know, obviously, there was probably some you could not do as Jack, like the one with the uh, the guy who judges you, the Grim Reaper or whatever you want to call him. Yeah. We'll talk about him some more when we play Red Dead 1. Yes, we will. Um, yeah, back Red back Dead to 1. Drew's email. What a long sequitur. I like how I... I said I'm going to add the bookmark and people are going to cl- find the bookmark is going to be like an hour and 20 minutes and we stop talking <laughs> about emails. Uh, it's fine. Oh, yep, it's fine. So, he says, it feels like the story is wrapping up soon and I'm nervous for the end to come because I'm still almost clueless and unsure of the direction it's going. I couldn't avoid some minor YouTube spoilers being too curious and not having played the original Redemption, I'm a bit in the dark there too. So I'm trying to avoid those bits of convo and not think too far ahead. Uh, yeah, we probably don't make that too easy on you, so sorry nah, if that's yeah, difficult, that's, Drew. That's gotta be difficult. Looking forward to playing that with y'all, too. So. Nice. I like that, uh, that perspective of someone who's trying to figure out, to, he's trying to avoid both the sequel and the original game spoilers at the same time. Um, it'll be over soon, I think, Drew. I think you're right. It is wrapping up. Um. Oh, for sure. And then you can watch as many YouTube videos as you'd like. <sighs> And now this is the part of Drew's email that sort of like, it, it gutted me a little bit. P.S. Just my know. two cents. I'm not sure if it's a bit, but having Tyler blindly berate Rockstar for tiny details that can easily get confused among the whole story, all while he's not actually playing the campaign, is really unfair and not that fun of a listen. I feel like plot-wise, most things have had an explanation in the mission dialogue around camp or in Arthur's journal. Like the gang's mail, they mentioned it's addressed to Tasta's Kilgore for everyone once they arrive at horseshoe overlook so what do you think about that brevin i'm trying to think of an example of when you really really like i i know it's happened a couple times but i i can't think of any specific example i mean this is one? the example of the male thing where i, I don't think, think we ripped into it that hard though like we I, questioned it of course well i was I, I if i remember correctly what i was doing was i was sort of like come on rockstar you didn't explain how they get their mail as a as a joke, as in mm-hmm. they don't yeah. need to explain because that's they've explained so much else. But yeah. if you 
and if you listen to it as me just like complaining about it, well, while in reality they did explain it, then I yeah. can see why that would be frustrating. And I'm sorry yes. about that because that, yeah. And again, blindly berating for tiny details while not playing the campaign. Yeah, I'd say that is unfair. And I, this is part of the reason why I'm trying to be more cognizant of catching up and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're listening to you, Drew. I'm sorry, like that pains me that you are having this experience and I think that means other people are as well. So I'm sorry about that. Um, I'll try to be more level and yeah, it's hard when you're on a podcast because you're trying to like have a bit of an extreme reaction. Like, I don't really care that much about how the game gets their man. Well, we're trying to find something to talk about. Like for this game, this game is like near perfection for me. There's very few things I would change about it. So when we think, when we try to find things, like, oh, we got to complain about something, you know, it's like one of those types of things. <laughs> we like, we, we got to find something. Yeah, I don't know. Because there's I... parts I've picked apart that I, I've even said this on, on previous episodes. Like, I would never pick apart this in a game if I was playing it not for the podcast. But because it's for the podcast, I want to talk about it. Even though it would just be like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, we shot up an entire town of strawberry, like, whatever. Doesn't yeah, matter. exactly. Like, there's some things that you don't really examine unless you speak to them and, like, really considering them. Um, and there's something to be said for trying to have, like, a hot take and, like, keep the conversation flowing and mm-hmm. everything just yep. for the sake of, like, goofs and gaffs. Um, I will say, though, I am really actually mad about the scope still being zoomed in after you zoom in. Like, I think that's completely that, understandable. That I am mad about, and I don't think there's an explanation, and I want them to fix it. So, Patch. there you go. There's my hot take. I stand by that one. Then I can patch that. No way. Yeah, oh my gosh. No way. Just a simple option. I want to be able to decide whether or not you remember. I, like what? <sighs> I don't. It's want not to like real life, it. Tyler. I don't want it's to not talk like about real life. It. In real life, you wouldn't always remember if you were aiming. <laughs> In real life, after you look down a scope, you leave the scope like up against your eyeball for the next time. <laughs> and okay, so Drew says he ends his email with another PS and I'm just going to read this to you. Tell me what it means. PS, hmm. Big Quint is so good. He is all oh, content. Yeah, I know. I know Big Quint. I talked about it on the episode. It's the guy who reacts to rap music. Yeah. <gasps> oh, you talked about this? Yeah, I mentioned it really shortly. When we were talking about, re- well, hold on, what did he say again? Can you, can you repeat it one more Big time? Big Quint is so good. He is his own content. Yeah, it's yeah. Bitcoin is fun. I like Bitcoin. So you did mention this though. I did when we were, when we were talking about if we're like reaction YouTube videos, how we thought they were stupid, and I was like, well, I kind of like Bitcoin. Bitcoin's a funny guy. Like, and a lot of people okay. agree with me that Bitcoin is one of the better reaction people because it feels slightly like it's over exaggerated, but it's legitimate at the same time, and he's just funny. So I <laughs> I don't I I feel like I'm not remembering the guy's name because I don't I don't know who you he don't is. watch him yeah so when I read this email I thought it must have been like a typo or like an autocorrect thing mm-hmm. where he was trying no, to say no. Brevin is so good he has his own content so I actually replied to Drew and I was like what are you talking about because I was so confused <laughs> <laughs> but he was he's right no I and I googled Big Quint and I saw that it was a guy who reviews like Kanye West albums yeah he reviews but rap I was convinced there's no way we talked about that on our show. <laughs> I brought it up really shortly, and I said, and then I said, we're kind of like a reaction podcast a tiny bit, if you think about okay. it. Okay, I, I remember that conversation for sure. Yeah. So, sorry. That's so funny. Ignore my reply to your email, Drew. I'm sorry I, I didn't uh, remember that. But. Any listeners, if you like rap music, go check out Bitcoin. He's a good guy. 
By the way, apparently this big Quint guy hasn't been very active as of late. He hasn't. He's been going through some life things. Mm. I watched his last video like four months ago. He's talking about he's a lot of stuff going on. So yeah, he's a good guy though. He's, you know, one of those people I think who hasn't changed much. If you watch his old videos, it's the same stuff <laughs> back before he was, you know, relatively popular. Shout That's out. cool. That's hard. That's hard to, to do, I think, to maintain your, your core essence. Uh, the only thing that's changed is quality on like his videotape, which is hilarious, and the sound quality. That's the only thing that have changed. Because oh, you can nice. see when he started, it was awful. It was so bad looking. <laughs> the toaster mic and everything. Everything, yeah. Anyway, moving on. So, yeah. Hope you're doing well out there, Big Quint. Sorry I didn't know who you were. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's not even like a real popular YouTuber. It's, it's so no. no, he's not that popular. Um, all right. So that thus ends our email segment, Brevin. Who would have thought Big Quint would be ending our email? <laughs> <laughs> we did have one comment on Instagram. A um, couple comments. One was more complimentary. Thank you very much. I don't have cool. his name written down, but I, I think it's someone who's written You said it was on Insta? On Instagram. Check out our Instagram, cool. Red Dead Cast. At um, Instagram. <laughs> at Instagram.com. <laughs> uh, no, that's not a real thing. But he's, he was wondering, since you and I, Brevin, are, since, we, since we're, rec- well, we're not recording video, but we are on video right now for the sake of mm-hmm. doing this remotely, why don't we upload that as a video podcast? Um, not really a reason why we don't. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to say there's a reason, and it's because we are not set up, like, if I had a green screen behind me, maybe. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's true. It's or, just literally my room in the background with yeah, my messy bed. It's yeah, like, like I have a bunch of coats hanging on my closet door. That's that. That's not good. It, I don't know. I have an, I have an it's Avengers not poster right. on my wall. I don't even yeah. like Avengers. It's just a I know, I have a Call of Duty poster, and, like, I haven't played that game in so long. I'm just kidding. I played it the other day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, that's to say, like, if we, if we started to do that, yes, we could just throw it up there. And I don't think that that's quality enough to do that uh, or justify mm-hmm. it. Um, we would also need different software to do it. That we're, what we're currently using only captures audio. And I think I don't like assuming that things go back to normal and we're not all remote for the rest of our lives, which is an assumption. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to set that up and then have us go back to recording in person and then not have a video component or feel rushed into creating some some type of way to make it work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I sort of like that there's no video. I, I like it too, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, no, I yeah. completely agree. I don't know. That's like, I'm going to be honest, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but like, when I tried to get into streaming, like for a little bit when I did it for fun, um, I hated having video up. And it's because I didn't like watching just like my dead face while I'm playing video games. You it's different like for when you're having cam thing. Yeah, the yeah. face cam thing. I'd just rather just stream it with just the with what's going on. And I don't know if that kind of relates. It's like, oh, am I going to judge myself on how I look rather than not having to worry about it? You know, I already worry about how I sound on this show. I probably sound like a bumbling. I'm just kidding. Nah, <laughs> you're, you're beautiful vo- voice of an angel, Brevin. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I'm of the camp where if you're going to do a video podcast, you should have some component that takes advantage of it. I don't really get what just a recording of me talking would add that much maybe yeah, it's like it it's more of a human element i guess like when you're streaming and you can see someone it feels more social which i think we need mm-hmm. right now um but i i if, if we did make this make the jump going to video i would want it to i would want the video aspect to be incorporated in the fundamental design of the show where we yep. look at videos together or something um 
I don't know. We're thinking about it for sure. It's just not something that we are interested enough in to go out and do to it. invest. Yeah, and it's and it's it's an investment as well. Um, all right, Brevin, that's our email segment. All we're, right, we're at about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's where the bookmark is check the description wait you don't Ugh. need to check if you're if you're listening to this you've already li- you've already listened to the email segment why would you check the check description? the description so you can skip one second ahead <laughs> and skip the rest of the email segment oh by the way i forgot to mention this last time but what? episode 15 or two episodes ago i put something in the description where i said if you're reading this send in an email and tell me oh yeah 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 and, and no one wrote in so <laughs> no no one reads these. No one's reading the, the description. Or someone read it and didn't care. That's true too. That's, that's very thing. that's very possible where they're like, I have better ways to spend my time. And that's fair. <laughs> I had a I had a college professor one time that did that with the um oh what's that thing called the that you syllabus? get the, with the syllabus and no one wrote in and she was so mad. <laughs> Because she was like, all right, here's your homework is to go read the syllabus. And I was like, okay, we'll go read it. No one did it and no one read it. And she didn't give, ed- like, she was just mad about it. And it was so Come funny. on. You can't expect people to really read a syllabus. I th- I don't think that's fair. I mean, you, you check the syllabus as a resource as you but go. To be, but to be fair, it wasn't, like, hidden in, like, a paragraph. It was, like, its own square on, like, the second page <laughs> that said, if you read this... Please send me an email at this web at this email address, and no one did it. And it was like a class of like thirty people. I love that not a single person did it too. That's amazing. That's uh, the best part because if one person would have done it, it would have been a lot worse. I think for everyone who didn't. But since no one did it, we we're all like, "This is hilarious." <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not. We aren't weird for not doing it. You're weird for putting on this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for, ex- well, Only, for expecting us to read it, I guess. I'm sorry. She was a good professor, and if she somehow ever hears this and knows it's me, you were a good professor. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You just, that was one thing that will always stick with me in college. That's golden. <laughs> I love that. Oh, oh man. man. All right. Uh, All right. Back to the, back to the game, to the game. We didn't even start it. I don't know what I'm saying back. <laughs> yeah, you can't say back if we haven't talked about it yet. What is the first mission you played since last week, Brevin? So where, let's uh, where, where let's go back to last week. Me? Yeah, we yeah. always got to do that. Um. Oh, yeah. We just bought the, uh, the, the pre-built house. Or the somewhat yeah. pre-built house. Pre-cut. Pre-cut. <laughs> Pre-cut. Um, and now we're going to build the house with some music. That's what we're going to do. Start Tell me off. how much you love this scene, Brevin. I loved it. I- it was so much fun. And I love the fact that every time you... It, it was It's long, too. I think it's like basically the entire song. It's probably like almost two minutes of watching it get and built. It's an amazing song. It's really good. Yeah, I wanted to like listen to it outside. I'm just still afraid to look up stuff. Uh, but I love how you hit the nail to the beat of the music. <laughs> Just, it's just and you, nice. You know, you can miss that, right? Like, it's actually accounting for your timing and everything. Is it really? Yeah. I was purposely hitting it on time, but that's cool. I didn't know yeah, that there's you could a, mess it up. You know how they have, like, the gold medal for each mission? Mm-hmm. Oh, I noticed that you could get a medal on that mission. I was like, what is? what did I even do? <laughs> what is one, one of them on? is to get, like, eight nails on the right time timing or whatever. Yeah. That's funny. But, yeah, yeah. I love that scene. It was great to watch everyone work together. And just slowly see it built up. I so was not expecting it to be built up that quickly. To set it up, this is Arthur... Um, Charles and Uncle. Not Arthur. Oh, I didn't John, even catch that. John Charles. <laughs> John Charles and Uncle. <laughs> the ghost of Arthur. Although, I was reading a YouTube comment, because I, I, I just go back to this scene to watch it since I beat it. Just for yep. the music and the vibe is just so great. Yeah, it's oh, good. I love... I just love it. This is like bliss for me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there's a bird that's in the scene that just doesn't go away. Speaking of oh. symbols, and I don't know, maybe it's just like a developer's pet bird, and they're like, I want to put it in the my game bird in this scene. But it, yeah. I don't know. You could say it's like a, it's like Arthur's spirit or something. I don't know. Whatever. That's weird. I'm, what would Arthur's spirit be? That's a whole conversation to have. Well, would I think it would be, be an it would be would an it be elk an elk? Or, yeah, okay. not an elk. Sorry, a male buck or a coyote. All right, we answered the question. Moving yeah, on. <laughs> <laughs> we spent a long time talking about that this episode, Brem, and I hope you're paying attention. Um, could you imagine? <laughs> no, but I mean, it's different. You just like, didn't remember that we talked about. Is that wait, is, is it different? I don't know. I really don't know if it's much different. I I, I do. I guess I can see the elk. I'm moving on. We already talked about it. <sighs> Not elk, but male buck. Male or, buck. Or deer, in general. A belk. A bu- oh, interesting. <laughs> so, um, Uncle can't really help out because he's got his lumbago. Yeah, It's whatever. basically just John and uh, Charles building this. Isn't Charles such a great friend, by the he's way? He's such a good guy. Can you imagine? Like, I am, I am deathly terrified that he is going to die before the end of this game, and I know there's like five missions left where he could die. Him and Sadie, I am so scared. I, I, I know you're not gonna say it's ah, terrible because it's probably gonna happen but, but i i just played through the mission where you where you guys rescue sean again and i never really picked up on this but when you realize that so they're, they're moving sean to a federal prison in california and arthur or whoever's there it's like arthur javier um charles and trelawney and they're like we can't raid a federal prison which is funny because they eventually do to get John out, and I think that's is that federal? Really, I don't know or, if it's federal, but it's a. I mean, come on, that's a. It's a pretty big prison, yeah. Um. And sorry, I lost my train of thought a little bit. So, so he, they're like, "Well, we can't do that," and then they're they're basically like, "I guess we have to attack them while they're moving him." Then, mm-hmm. and Arthur specifically says, "Like, I mean, we could just let him go." Like. He doesn't say it like that, but he's weighing his options. And Charles steps up and he's like, no, we're not going to do that. I think which I remember I th- that. Which I thought was so cool because you you think of Arthur being like ride and die for his gang. But even in this moment, he faltered. And Charles, who... What's funny about Charles is he doesn't seem too front and center of, of the gang. He's not like... Like, I, I, I could see Charles walking away at any moment, and he mm-hmm. wouldn't be that affected by it. Because I honestly think he adds more value to the gang than the gang, the gang gives to him, in, in some sense. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that, for sure. But he's the one who says, no, we're not leaving anyone behind. Even though they, they're exposing themselves to great risk by trying to get Sean back. Like, yep. this, is a, this is a crazy mission where you kill, like, tons of bounty hunters and stuff. Um, Yeah, just... I love I love Charles. That's all I want. Like to I say. said, I want a Charles game, even though it never will happen. Like I would, it'd be cool to play. I'm, you know, it's funny. I've been looking forward to. You know how they have like the trainer mod for this game, where you can like mess with things. You can spawn as different people. Have you ever seen that? I didn't know that it was called that, but I've it's called a trainer. It. That's what that's called in in games. Um, and I wanna, I want really want to download it and install it and play as like Charles or Sadie, like change uh, my character to them and run around as them just for the idea. feeling. Yeah, I like that. But then would they have the same voices as Arthur? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure how that works. I think in GTA Five, GTA Five is a trainer. It does change their voices and it and like they have like their normal like idol type things can like, dialogue things yeah they're can dialogue so it's cool you can literally play as like sadie or charles i want to play as sadie around. and then just take jack's recorder and saying i'll take your coat madam and she can only say that <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> that's like nightmare take fuel. your coat madam 
Oh, uh, it's so, so funny. It follows yeah, me. This song, man, this is one of the songs where it's like, oh, this game has a great soundtrack. It What's really does. weird is the version that's on Spotify of this song that's on the soundtrack doesn't have the vocals. It's just instrumental or hmm. something like that. There's some weird thing about it, um, which is, I, I think the vocals are great in this song. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you build the house and... Do you recognize the house at this point, Brevin? It looks really familiar, but I don't know exactly <laughs> what it is. That's the thing. What are you talking about? Okay. Is it is that the really? house at the end of the game? Do you at remember, the end of Red Dead do you 1? remember last time where I was like, I could tell you something right now, but I want you to discover it yourself. I left it. Did Red Dead 1 end at Beecher's Hope? Oh my I don't gosh, remember, bro. dude. Oh my gosh. Because it does look like that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Am I being stupid? I'm looking at you in disbelief for listeners you are. at home. This is Beecher's hope, Brevin. They say it. He says it. I know, it. but that that doesn't ring a bell because I don't remember it from Red Dead One. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal this for you because I think it is supposed to be obvious by now, and you've just missed it. <laughs> and I haven't haven't made the link. This is the house that John returns to at the end of Red Dead One to be with his family, mm-hmm. where you do the ranching missions, and it's where John meets his eventual fate. I'll just leave it at that. That's awful. I'm now picturing it. You just reminded me. So when I went back to, to your credit, when I went back to, or when I, when I played through this sequence in the beginning and you go and you try to get rid of the squatters, I was really confused because I was like, this isn't where John's house was. And it doesn't feel the same when the house isn't there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It feels weird. Doesn't it feel different? It does. You have an idea in your head of the location. I, I just I just remember riding down from the mountains after your encounter with Dutch because mm-hmm. you 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 do that long ride to the ranch, um, and the music's playing in the background, and I I feel like it's it feels like in, like it's in a different spot than it was. I don't think it is. I think it just feels that way. But after you build the house, that's when you. I mean, <laughs> last week we had the conversation where we were like, you, I what I said was. Oh, I was excited and I thought when you got to see the house catalog that you'd be able to make your own house and design mm-hmm. it. But then yep. I realized and then I thought that you were going to say that you realized too that this was John's house and that's why you can't pick it. But you were just like, oh no, Rockstar is just like showing you the options just to like mm-hmm. make fun of, I don't know what you were saying exactly. To make you, fun of John not even caring about it whatsoever. Yes, yes. But and th- there is that too but it's because this is the house that you return to at the end of red dead one and mm-hmm. you get to see it be built by john and Ar- and um charles which i think is so cool and it's so funny to me <laughs> that you missed that never made that link <laughs> all the way up to this point um never changed i probably would have never made that link until i got to the end of red dead one where you see the house again i would have been like oh this is that house <laughs> i probably wouldn't remember to be honest so there's something to be said. I think it's unpainted. I think it's just like the plain wood, and I'm pretty sure it's painted in the next game. Um, but yeah, I I think as as things yeah you you would have realized it eventually, but it's it's just funny that it's taken you this long. <laughs> there was something else that happened with I can't remember when the game first started. Um, um something small. Well, yeah. Like that. I will oh, when, say, well, I mean, with Arthur dying, I didn't notice oh, that. Oh, yeah, when you're like, oh, I hope I can find a doctor and pay for some medicine. <laughs> and by the way, I, wa- I I just watched that scene again, and it looks rough. Like, you can tell 
Like this is a doctor telling someone you're not going to make it, but here's some steroids or whatever to help you get to make you live longer. And you and Brevin's like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. You, you can't do it twice, can I? I love your optimism, Brevin. Like, that's just... You gotta believe in him. Arthur can't be taken by that. Oh, that scene is so rough to watch. Arthur just looks so sad. I I think, yeah. I think when you, wa- when you go back and watch scenes like that, it adds so much weight knowing the events that transpire. But when you're playing yeah. through the first time, you're like, oh, what's gonna happen? Um. Anyway, so Beecher's Hope is the name of the place, and you've this you get to see it be built which actually when i originally played or from what i remember from the first game i thought that this house was something that john got through a deal with the government like he wanted to get a ranch and that's Mm -hmm. why i connected the analogy to the pig rancher um which in hindsight doesn't make as much sense because john is actually earnestly building this house with his own loan and everything that's crazy to build that house yourself that is kind of crazy with only one other person technically Oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. actually insane. Um, and I do like that they sort of indicate that there's time passing. It's not just... Oh, I had super long hair and a wicked long beard by the time I was done, so... <laughs> yeah. do, do you really? Your hair grows? I didn't think about that. Oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I had to cool. trim it again because I hate him with long hair. It looks weird. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, it's it's cool just to see something like that be built. Like, I feel like I don't... I think I, I, I watched my dad build a garage, but... Um, which is actually... it. It, it reminded me of it a lot, actually. Um, mm-hmm. But it makes me want to build a house, you know? Sort of like the fence thing. You know what I'm talking Yeah, yeah. No, we exactly talked last time about, about, like, I want, to, I want to put up a fence now. Which really, I, no one wants to do that in real yeah. life. Exactly. But, it's manual labor. You know what mm-hmm. game does do that really cool? Um, have you ever played The Forest? Have you heard of The Forest? That's the, the one is? where, like, there's a plane crash. You have to save your son or something. Yeah. I, when I you... might have watched a video on it. I don't really know that much. You can, like, build, like, custom houses. But when you put up, like, a wall, you physically have to go and chop down logs, pick them up. Like, you don't have an inventory for that type of item. Walk them over to where you want to put the wall and place it down and build them on top of each other. And it's done once you build up. Like, you physically oh. literally see a house being built. That's it's very really cool. cool. I like it's that. It's very, very cool. That's nice. Um, yeah, there's some there's some funny things where like he'll he'll bring a plank up and then nail it right in the middle, which seems weird. Yeah, to I was wondering I was like, how some of that worked. I, I, I guess, know exactly what you're talking. I mean, about. I'm sure that he na- he puts in more nails eventually, but it ju- it's just a funny concept that that's how you would mm-hmm. start is by just like nailing a random spot in the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just I this mission is like this scene is is like it's I don't want to say it's like fan. What do they call that? Fanfare? Oh, no. I, I was going to say fanfare, too. Fan oh, service. my God. Fan service. Yep, that's it. For these characters. But I think that's sort of under, understating it. Because... No, I think it's a little fan service. I think a lot of this, honestly, last section of the game is a lot of, like, very, like, good hints towards, like, Red Dead. It's not fan service because it makes sense. It's not, like, really weird, like, oh, that's kind of awkward that they would recall that. It seems forced. Like, everything's organically happening. Yeah, but... The Rockstar revealing this to the player is sort of like service to say, but, but I want to, I want to walk that back a little bit because I think this wouldn't work if they didn't invest so much time in these characters mm-hmm. and the pro and if we didn't know what sacrifices they made to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so for sure. I, I'm glad that they actually took the time and rewarded us with something of like hanging out and having fun and just doing something satisfying. And the, the music is just amazing. I, it's I, fantastic. I can't I can't speak enough enough about that. Write in <laughs> about your thoughts on the uh, 
building scene because I think this is like the epitome of like the good times that everyone's been striving towards. I think for sure. Um, you know what I love to it? My Kieran quote of the week already right now. Awesome, man! I like how and that's the one that really stuck. We we haven't checked up on horses. We can do the uh, Arthur Morgan Morgan's equestrian question. <sighs> Rip Arthur Morgan. It's not the same. Okay, Kieran's dead too. <laughs> That's true. Kieran said to <laughs> Arthur's Arthur, I care about a little bit more. <laughs> I know, man. That's rough. Um, so here's the quote. John Marston, you have a home. Uncle says this. And then John says, so do you. I just thought it was really cute. Aww, like isn't a nice that moment. so nice? What's up with... Like, tell me how you feel about Uncle in these sequences. Because he, he is a... He's a mixed gross old bag. <laughs> yeah, he is a real gross bag, that's for sure. Um... <laughs> He's grown on me. He, he's grown on me a little bit. I'm because I'm starting to get used to him being around. And I mean, we'll talk about a little a mission later. What that made me feel like, man, I like our, I like, I like Uncle. I almost said Arthur. I like Uncle. He's not bad. He's all right. I don't know. He's just like, what does he bring? Like, I don't know. He's just kind of there he now. His lumbago. Like, yeah, he brings his complaining, which sometimes is funny. So, <laughs> I don't know if you've actually seen this scene yet. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry for ruining it for you, but because I, I think I watched some missions ahead of you. I, I watched. Yeah, I did. Um, but there's a scene where like John goes to wake up uncle and uncle is like sleeping, whatever uncle's doing. Um, and, and he says, do you believe in reincarnation, John? Yes, John? I did see that. Yeah, yeah okay. I did see that. And he says, I hope I get reincarnated as a young lad. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny because the whole concept of reincarnation, maybe not the whole concept, but a main idea is that you come back as a different animal and like, yeah, but he's going to come back as a young person. <laughs> I never gold. even made that connection. How ridiculous that is. I love that. My God, oh, that I'll be a young funny. man and you'll be old and I'll be hassling you. Um, <laughs> that's just awesome. That's the type of humor I want uncle to bring. So yeah, uncle, uncle is just like a lovable hateable grizzly old man but i think i think what's so interesting about uncle and it's sort of it's sort of something to learn from in that even though he he speaks and is just like i don't know i don't know what it is about uncle he's funny but like every time he talks he's sort of annoying and grating in a in a way but i agree underneath it all he's still reliable and fundamentally helpful despite that isn't that sort of create like well, he's always like, there he's he not you know the most complex character in this game yeah listen to this listen to this listen to this <laughs> he's always there and you know he's not gonna leave because where else is he gonna go oh i love that there's some sort of like reliability in his lack of <laughs> initiative where you're yeah, like, exactly no matter what it's like it's like a patrick star it's yeah, like... it's not going anywhere. <laughs> he's got a oh. home now. He's not going to go out and buy his own home. He's stuck here. That's funny. But he still helps. Like when he, I, specifically, he's, he goes to talk to um, the guy to buy the pre-cut house. And he's like, you, I, I need to be there because you are not a good negotiator. When you go to do the barn, yeah. When you go <laughs> yeah. to do the barn. Yeah. Um. All right, yeah. So enough about Uncle. He's he's awesome. Uncle, yeah, what's, I like him. Now what's a little the? Bit. Uh, you like him a little bit. I'm I'm. Oh all god, team the uncle. cat the cat got up that I knew was in my room under my bed, so I got to go open the door for him because he Let's won't do it. sit here. Let's keep so. it live, and I'll do the same thing last time where I yep, do, do whisper sweet nothings to our <laughs> listeners. <sighs> Hello, listeners. How are we doing this week? Um, I think it's good. I think we're bringing more energy, more flow. 
I think I am taking your feedback to heart, and thank you for listening. I appreciate everything you do for this podcast, <sighs> and your listenership is highly I valued. swear, if the other one wants to leave now, I'm just going to freak out. Yeah, I noticed you came back and put a cat on your bed, right? I didn't put, a, didn't put her on my bed. She was on my bed before. Oh, she just I... got up because I got up. <laughs> okay, I glanced and saw your hands around a cat on your bed, but... She... Um, She's lying back down. We're good. Oh, what a cute cat that is. Maybe we can include a picture of your cat for uh, our Instagram <laughs> followers this week. I'll throw it up. I'll throw it up. Let's do it. Um, so, where do we leave? Tell us about the next mission, Brevin. You build oh, a yeah, house so and then what? We got to build a barn now because we're ranchers, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle provides a, a nugget of wisdom when he's like, you can't grow anything on this land. You need to yep. ranch. And then you need to graze. Yeah. What, what's the difference? What is ranching? Like, What actually is that? So ranching, as I understand it, is raising livestock to sell or to to slaughter and get meat or gotcha, to okay. get milk, I guess is the other. Yeah, like a, a byproduct of the Lives, Yeah, livestock material. Whereas farming <laughs> is agriculture and growing stuff out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I only know this from playing Tropico. Because you can get, Tropico, like, that is a game series I've heard in You a can long get time. like ranches or farms, and they're distinct things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Tropico. I'm sure we got we got some ranching experts experts out there who can enlighten us. If you're a rancher, let us know. Yeah. Um. um so yeah, uh, he's like he can choose between goats, cows, or sheep. And yep. And goats taste bad, so we're not going to do that. <laughs> goats taste bad, and he's sick of cows from yep, the, yeah, from this cows. fight with a bull. Yep. No, I, I liked that little touch. That was funny. So, so we're going with sheep. Um, and I think during this one, i got to build a barn now. Oh, maybe. Okay. So I don't think that was a new mission. I think that was like how we ended off on the last mission. Because the next mission says using. working with Sadie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do that. I noticed a lot in the epilogue where they'll just cut you straight to the next bit of content. They don't have mm-hmm. like you walk back from a mission, for example. Um, so yeah, we're going to work with Sadie and do some more bounty hunting. I really like these missions. Like, it's really cool. I'm glad that they chose to have Sadie be this character. I feel like it fits. Cause I could have technically had Charles do it, but I don't think it fits what Charles would want to do. I don't know. He fights though. I don't know if he, he might be a good bounty hunter. Charles would be an excellent bounty hunter, but I, th- I don't know what it is about Charles. Like what, what's his motivations and why does he do what he does? Cause he, I, I mean, you get the impression that he is fundamentally, I, I think I think he is in the gang and he hangs out with John towards the end because he values social connection and he mm-hmm. wants to be around people. Um, just pr- probably because he had a very isolating experience being half black, half Native American where he doesn't mm-hmm. feel like he belongs with either. I don't know. That might be projecting a little bit. Um, but... Sadie, on the other hand, I think wants to be alone because she lost her family, and I she actually says, "I want to die." At, at very yeah, she does say that. This. Yes, she does. Um, and it's obviously dangerous work that you're putting yourself on the line for, and it's lonely when you're doing it like Sadie is and just doing it by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that would be why it's more suited to Sadie than it is to Charles. Yeah. Uh, but in a world where you know Sadie is cut from this game and she doesn't exist, then Charles could have taken this place because he's he doesn't really have his own like quote unquote Charles missions in the epilogue, right? Like he's no, he's he just, doesn't. He's just yeah. there. He's just part of what you're doing basically, since he kind of is your family now. Mm. Um, so John brings up that the last run and they had with the Skinner gang, they lost the hired gun, which I thought was interesting that they even talked about him again. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's alluding. There's a conversation you have with Abigail later on. Not really with her, but like involving her when she comes back. Oh, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> and you talk about you know being doing dangerous jobs. We'll talk about that when we get there. Um, and they were what, what did I say? I said, why do you have to remind me? I'm trying to remember what what that has to do with. And then they talk about Arthur. Is that why? Okay, I thought I think it was Arthur too, and it, it was it was just like a small mention of Arthur, and I was like, why do you have to remind me? It really hits you like a like a bag of rocks, though, whenever they because drop Arthur's name. It's interesting, because they only drop it. So far, I think it's only been said three times. And I'll talk about the next time it was talked about, but like even where they just name drop him at all. I think it, it feels impressively real, because uh, this is a few years later, and people move on. Like if mm-hmm. From our perspective, like the loss of Arthur is immense, and we want everyone to be talking about Arthur all the time and reminiscing, yeah. but like if you're living your day-to-day and you're not alone, like, no, you can't just sit and ruminate about Arthur all the time, and that wouldn't yep. be natural. So for them to be like, oh, well, you know, Arthur back when Arthur saved my life and like just dropping a mention every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it though. It's, it's good. I'm glad that he's talked about at least, you know, a few times. Yes. Not like I, a one-off thing. And it, it gives the impression that they're thinking of him, which I think is the, the real sweet sentiment there. Yeah. Three years later, there's still, he still comes up in conversation. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, so this is getting, I think it's, is it Ramon? Is that his name? The, the bounty hunter or not the bounty hunter, the guy, the wanted criminal Cortez. Cortez Ramon is that his name? Well, I know I'm, it would probably be Ramon Cortez if it was Ramon Cortez. Cortez Ramon, <laughs> whatever his name is, we're gonna go. No, no problem. Um, <laughs> no problem as he keeps going. <laughs> Sorry, uh, that's fine. Um, so the next, so the next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna go get this guy, and let's see. Oh, so we get him. It's nothing crazy. I think you like you don't even get in a shootout with him. You just go and get him at a house. It's a remarkably simple. Uh capture when sadie sadie builds it up to be a dangerous job essentially yeah um but john is desperate because he has his loans piling up yeah and you know if you do something that rockstar says is going to be dangerous and then it's simple well then you you know nothing yet because something else is going to happen as it does so Um, we get ramon we bring him back to the jail did i cut you off no no. i I, yeah i want to talk about the the next part a little bit all right so you know what this is the mission. I just want to say this is the mission that I have mm-hmm. notes on. Okay. So at the end, after you go through the every all of the events, I want to catch up again. All right. So so you get Ramon, you bring him back to the jail, and we're like, "Woo, we got him!" So let's sit and wait till uh, someone comes to pick him up, <laughs> which just sounds like a bad idea. And then the <laughs> next the next note I have is, "Oh, how the tables have turned." We are now playing the opposite role of the um, going up to the sheriff's <gasps> office. Did you ever make that connection? I never made that connection. That's immediately fascinating. Immediately, I made that connection. We are now the officers of Rhodes with a gang rolling up on us. Wow. Yep. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. You literally look up through the windows, and it's a whole gang rolling up on you, yelling for them to say, "Give him back, and we won't kill you guys." It's so. W- wait. The. <sighs> The gang doesn't do that in Rhodes specifically, do they? I know that they don't. They don't go to get. I don't think someone in jail. I think they go there to just mess with, like to to attack the Greys. Yes, that's what it is, and that's yeah. that's I think the analog of when <laughs> there's something just wild about John and Sadie just watch, strolling into the sheriff's office of the town that their own gang like destroyed back in yeah. the day. 
Well, uh, when you first go to Rhodes during this mission, he's like, I don't, I don't like being here. It's not comfortable at all. I'm like, this town sense. creeps me out, I think. Yeah, says. exactly. Yeah. And Sadie, well, Sadie, she says, oh, it's different there now. I think because of the sheriff who I, yeah, I was no longer weirded gray. out. I was like, wait, that's not like the gray, but no, you sheriff gray is dead. Right. Yeah. Like, he is gone. Um, so this is a different New family guy. in town. I like this character, by the way, this sheriff is cool. He's cool. He's, he's, he's very realistic. Yes. He's not like, he's not like a bumbling idiot. He's not, Oh, like I trust, well, I guess it's, I can't really do that without being weird because like the things we're doing are legitimate pieces of work. So why would he be like kind of stupid? I guess they could have made it funny, but they just chose not to. Well, I mean, the the deputies in Rhodes the first time around were idiots. Like, But don't... that makes more sense in the context because, oh, they're dealing with a gang. Of course they're idiots. But we're kind of just normal folks. So, like, you don't well, need to make them idiots. Okay, I see what you're saying. Because uh, if, if, if the gang rolled up and this guy was the sheriff of Rhodes, they wouldn't he have would... given sheriff stars out to the gang. Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Oh, man, that's funny. Let's see. We get on. Oh yeah. This, the oh. scene of waiting. I just want to throw this out there. Mm-hmm. Like the scene of waiting for the people to show up with the convict in in the jail, and then when they ride up and they're looking out the windows, that feels like a western movie to me. That I does. Know, I know I haven't seen any, but like that. <laughs> <laughs> if I had made one in my head, that's it. Yeah. Right there. Uh, that that just or I I watched um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood recently. Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. Um, it's interesting. I don't know if I would. Is it old? That sounds no, old. No, 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 no. It's not. That just came out like last. It's a. What's it? What's the guy who did uh, Inglorious Bastards? Uh, and no. Pulp, uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh God, um, he, I can think of Pulp he's Fiction the guy. people. Yeah, I, I don't know. You, I can't think know, of names. I know who I'm talking, I'm talking, I know talking about. Listeners. Hopefully. Um, or just Google, just look up the movies on IMDb if you want to know who the director is. Um, so it, one of the characters on it, it this movie takes place in the sixties in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And one of the characters that you follow closely, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is a guy who was a Western star, a a star of a Western TV show. And Mm -hmm. they, they do little vignettes where they'll, they'll show like scenes from the Western TV show. And I was just thinking like this, this mission right here would make for a great episode of of a western tv show where you start off and they're anticipating a fight and then they get the guy easier than you think you would get him and then Mm -hmm. there's the intense build-up where they're waiting at the sheriff's office and then everything kicks off it just yeah it plays out nicely yeah it's like its own short story think about that every mission's like its own short story Mm. could you take nah you couldn't really take all the missions and like put them in their own story you sort of could. You need, I mean, you need some context a little bit. If you take a, a range of missions, you could think you could do it with everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of the most extreme example where it wouldn't make sense. Maybe like where Dutch and Micah go up to Leviticus Cornwall and then the Pinkerton <laughs> agents are there. And that's like yeah. the converging of all the, yeah. Maybe that, that probably wouldn't make, wouldn't make sense, sense by itself. As a short story, yeah. <laughs> Um, so Ramon gets away, they blow, they end up, oh, you end up getting in a big shootout for with all of, I think it's Del Lobos. Is that this gang or is that some other thing? The Del Lobos are they, that is the name of the Mexican gang that is, I, I, yeah, it might be, it might be. I, I, that sounds right. I know that That's there the is name. a Mexican gang called Del Lobos in this game. When I first went to, you know, the I don't know what the part of the country is called, like you know, past Blackwater. I don't remember what that name is. That oh, New Austin is that what it's called? 
I think so. I or it's called Austin from playing something like multiplayer, that. but I haven't looked at it in a while. Either way, whatever it's called, um, when I first had a run in with the gang and I thought that was how they stop you from being able to like cross the, you know, border or whatever. Um, they were the Del that was the Del Lobos Yes, gang. That's right, that's right. Yeah, and it wouldn't make was... sense if it was the same gang. Um anyway. Um Roman so you get in a big gunfight with them and then they end up blowing a hole in the jail, which is very funny because that's what we did to get out like Micah. <laughs> well it's very uh, see I didn't I played that mission just now. Um not just now, but like yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I didn't make that mission? connection either to to blowing out the uh, yeah, the the Micah mission mm-hmm. where you attach the uh, whatever you call that thing. It's true. You don't blow it out. You just yank off the wall. <laughs> it's different. You know, it's, it's, it's basically different. the same thing. Um, um, so yeah, they blow a hole in the jail. They get him out, and we gotta go get him back. Yeah, this this mission really made me like feel for uh, the characters. Where it's like he that rat weaseled out of this, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, we now we gotta go get him again. That's how every character fell when we weaseled out of everything in the game. Yeah, <laughs> I it it does beg the question like. Oh, I guess they needed the carriage with the jail bars or whatever. But mm-hmm. like, why wouldn't they just <laughs> those characters just help him help bring him to Saint Denis? Like, honestly, yeah, they could have done that and just put him on the back of a horse. But mm-hmm. uh, whatever, whatever, it's too difficult. Um, so we we get him back, and it, you have to do like an oh, so it was cool. Actually, I'm glad I remembered this. Cause I didn't write it down on my notes. Um, you go to like this old abandoned water mill, kind of. And it's, like, in a dried-up lake uh, riverbed. I had been to this location, naturally, and I explored it, which was really cool that I came across it again and it's used, because I thought it was a cool little location. Yeah, and it, it just as well, it, it could have never came up in a mission. And that's how mm-hmm. many of these interesting little locations there are throughout the game, which is just incredible. Yeah, it shows up, though. And you end up you end up killing a bunch of people. Um, you get them back. Classic. And, yep, classic Red Dead. You get them back, you bring them back, and... That's pretty much it. And they bring them, they they finally have the people there immediately, and they bring them to uh, St. Denis. So There's I would, a few other things. Hold on, yeah, continue. Say what you want to say. Well, I'm going to go into my notes, so if you want to wrap up what you're going to say first. Well, I was going to say, um, I think there's a conversation about, like, at the end of it, when you're kind of, like, leaving or doing whatever. Um, you, you talk about how it's interesting, well, John talks about... It's interesting that you won't accept $2,000 from Ramon even because he's, he's offering, like, oh, I'll pay you, like, triple whatever the, you know, the law enforcement's paying you. And you talk about how it's weird that you won't accept it depending on who's giving it to you because it's basically the same thing, kind of, if you think about it. It's so, like... Yeah, this is specifically what I took notes on. And I'm I knew gonna it would read be. This, to you. this is basically an email that I wrote into our own show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading it now. It sort of reads like that. Um here. In, in, in a quick favor for an old friend, John and Sadie contemplate why they take $200 from the sheriff when Cortez is offering $2,000. Sadie retorts that everyone needs to decide who they're loyal to, and yep. she has a reputation to uphold. She argues that the people paying bounties long-term will not work with her if she accepts the big $2,000 in the short-term. This is, a, this is fundamental behavior required to partake in a society that the Vanderland gang was missing. They also discuss whether they can trust that these men they're hunting even deserve to be captured. And Sadie says that if she considered that for every poster she brought in, she'd be pulling her hair out. Mm -hmm. She has to believe that if the bounty is big enough, there must be a reason for it. Again, this is partaking in communal trust where individual analysis would be impractical slash impossible. This is why we trust scientists and the government and experts and neighbors. It's impossible to live in a society in distrust by default. Um, so I think this conversation shows like the fundamental growth in the gang members as individuals 
now that they've left the gang because the failures of the Vanderland gang is that they don't trust anyone. Mm. They cannot trust anyone. And they always go for the short-term reward. One more score, one more score, one more score. Never mind finding some steady stream of income or you know, investing in a long-term solution to something rather than taking the quick way out. And that's why they struggle so much and why they are um, outcasts from society because they, they don't play by the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is just a beautiful analogy of that. And it, it, it does sort of, it, it begs the question of like, is, well, you know how we, we analyze everything and we say, is Sadie a good person for taking mm-hmm. in bounties when the people posting the bounties might be bad and what might be corrupt and might not, you know, the, the person with the bounty on their head might not really deserve that bounty. Well, we can't criticize Sadie for partaking in a system that might fail or be faulty when she hasn't like, she, she couldn't, she actually says she'd be pulling her hair out if she considered the morality of every single case. So mm-hmm. she decides to displace that responsibility on society itself and trust it. Um, and this is where this is what Dutch himself cannot do. He's just he, uh, if, if you want to do something, do it yourself. And mm-hmm. if you want to trust someone or it, like the only thing that he trusts is what he sees and, and he only believes what he sees. And that's, I think, why Dutch has such a hard time reconciling, like having his own philosophy and living it. And, and living well because he can't really live well if he's not going to sacrifice like a little bit of himself for the greater good i think you said it best i got nothing to add to that <laughs> you covered everything i had that's it but i i do think that i when, when this conversation came up and this is like when when you when I when I went to watch through these missions again, I was inclined a little bit at first to be like, oh, I can just skip the combat and I can skip the horse riding because I just want like the juicy parts of the scenes. But if but I did that, cutscene, you would have missed that. I would have missed this, and this goes to show like this isn't just. I mean, it you t- take what value you want from it. Like if you're playing through and you just you want to be role play as a cowboy then that's fine and this conversation is just sort of like flavoring it's not substantial but mm-hmm. if you're look if you're i think that i think that the existence of this conversation goes to show that rockstar is thinking as much about this game as you and i are mm-hmm. and they are analyzing and considering the morality of everything and they are trying to find sanity in the chaos of life and like what does it mean to be a good person if you can't check to see that every bounty hunting poster is legit you know for mm. example I, mean, I think that's how people go crazy when you know you don't think you can trust anyone i guess that's what happened to dutch but like you can't you can't live without you have to put in like what's the word i'm trying to think of in un unseen trust i guess and that's not the right word i want to use but i think you know what i'm trying to say in, implicit and implicit yeah that's better that's much better like there has to be implicit trust between people who you could say are like authority figures so this, this is what work. drives me crazy about all of these conspiracy theories about like 5g and coronavirus and stuff mm-hmm. not to get too real i understand <laughs> that you're probably sick of hearing about this um but like if if our scientists are saying there's no substantial link between 5g and 
coronavirus or compromised immune systems, then we need to take their word for it. Otherwise, you can't trust anything, right? Like, but then am I you crazy? got the people. No, you're not crazy, but then you also have the people who'd be like, well, guess what? The, the government lies to us, which is true. They do. Yes, but, yeah, but you, if you don't, be, if you believe that the government is lying to you more often than they are attempt, they are providing a service that's valuable, mm-hmm. and they have at least, in some sense, your interest at heart. Like there, mm-hmm. there has to be some belief in a good intention behind society, yeah. Or you're going to just lose your mind, and you you might as well just leave society, the society altogether. Yeah. No, you're so, right. So, all I'm saying is if you are a conspiracy theorist, just leave society and then <laughs> all set. <laughs> I don't know. I saw... I, it was off topic. Well, it's not off topic, but it's nothing to do with Red Dead. I was reading something on Reddit about um, how people were talking about, like, if UFOs really existed, like, that information would get leaked. There's no chance that everyone who would know about it would be able to hold that secretive information for years upon years upon years. Oh, yeah, and that's the same thing with faking the moon landing, too. Like, if I believe in anything, it's the incompetence of large organizations. Exactly. You... If you get a group of more than, like, 50 people, it's it's getting leaked by somebody. Guaranteed. Probably even more than 25. Someone's gonna say something. And not even, like... If you... uh, Yeah, I I don't want to get too into talking about conspiracy theories, but, like, if you have... That's another thing about government. Like, I believe in the need and the value of a government i also believe in the existence of corruption and Mm -hmm. bad people and people who who intend to do harm but i if if i were to say oh the all governments are are bad and we're better off without them then i cannot exist in my current state i need Mm -hmm. to leave society live in the woods quit my job like and I understand I I can I can feel the conspiracy theorist in me saying like well if you if you give in like that then you're just more susceptible to being taken advantage of mm-hmm. so yeah you need a healthy level of skepticism as well to make sure people aren't bending you over um, but I don't know I that's just my two cents like if you if you don't have a fundamental trust then you cannot participate in a society because that's, I agree I agree that's what you need yeah and that's I what think... society like that's like oh, that's, this is kind of like an absurd example but like if you believed everyone that lived near you was out to kill you and like you didn't trust them that okay people can be normal people then yeah you would go insane because you would never want to leave the house <laughs> well, kind of like right now we can assume people are out to kill us because they could give us coronavirus <laughs> but <laughs> out to kill us it's <laughs> an extreme way of putting it um but that no i think that this is an excellent example and a reminder of why we have a society because and and, and it goes to show that many people believe the same thing that i'm talking about because if you really didn't trust the government and you really thought that people were lying to you you wouldn't be social distancing mm-hmm. you would be doing whatever you want you'd be i yep. mean it's like it's like the spring breakers who are hanging out at parties in florida yeah. Well, I don't um, know if that's... I think that they just don't care. <laughs> they're just... It's not that, like they're like, oh, the government's out to get me. It's more like, <laughs> I don't care that this is happening and I want to have fun still. Yeah, you you know the, the conspiracy theory chads who are like, I got to drink my... Do, do my keg stands in spite of the government. <laughs> that's what their motivation is. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> what are we even talking about? I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying, like, it... We... <laughs> if... This is an example of the function of a government and why we have it to 
to serve us in these times where no individual could face coronavirus. Like if it was just anarchy, then it would just spread and there would be no way of controlling it or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Like, I'm getting depressed just talking about it. <laughs> but I think that this little conversation between John and Sadie is very telling about how they've grown as characters. And mm-hmm. I think you can see that everyone that you run into is able to function in society who's survived the gang. I, With the exception, well, well with some obvious exceptions. Um, anyway, I'll leave it at that, Brevin. All right. I like that. That was a good, good conversation. <laughs> Oh, man. And you know what my next comment is? I still want a Sadie game. <laughs> That's my next comment on my notes. I Sadie's do, cool. When I, I, when I was reading these, um, not, not reading, when I was watching these videos, I would like scroll through the comments to see what people are saying. And you, you do see a lot of like, oh, I want, I want a DLC where I play as this character. And it, it feels like such a weird, like video gamey perspective on mm-hmm. some, narrative that's been so thoroughly artfully designed that it's mm-hmm. like it's almost silly like like they're not gonna make a just because you like a character and they gonna... can make a dlc they're not going to because they have described this character how they want them to be and mm-hmm. like i don't know it, it it's just funny like it's the... funny too for a character for it's continue no I, I was pretty much done for for a character like sadie you can't do like a prequel type story because she was like a normal person before all this that's the other thing too like you would be doing like whoa she was was she Hold like a normal on. person oh what? yeah yeah but that would be could you imagine a <laughs> dlc that's a prequel for the prequel that is focused on sadie adler where there's no <laughs> violence it's just sadie living her life with her husband her jakey you know that would it would be interesting. That would work, like, I think man. it would it would add to the game because you would it would be a lot more like powerful seeing her when she's like at her absolute worst, like after seeing her like her husband. Oh killed. yeah, covered in blood, killing all the yep. Driscolls. Man, that would be interesting. That'd be like complete. Wow, that would Rockstar. Write this down. That Rockstar. Is... We're we are the YouTube commenters saying I want a DLC. <laughs> Something that I, never would happen. I think I I want to start a a um. You know that guy who made the theorem that, like, computing processing will double every two years yes, or whatever yeah, it is? Yes, yeah, I know you're talking I about. I want to yeah. start a theorem that's, like, every every major Rockstar release, there'll be less and less violence in each game <laughs> to the point where it's just going to be, like, a walking simulator at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I would oh, love man. that. Honestly, a, a Sadie Adler just, like, simulation game where you just... I don't know what you'd do. Go and I'd, do normal, normal person things. Maybe you just build your house up there. Like, it, it could work. I could. I mean, I, I don't know, man. Rockstar will do something crazy like that. I think a GTA GTA game would be even more interesting to do, where like you live a normal life. Who knows? That's why I'm ex- I'm excited for GTA Six, man. When they release that first trailer, I really hope they keep it like, oh, what is this game? Like, not make it look actiony. Like, just show us the world and leave it at that. Don't give us any background on what the game's about, because that's what Five Story or Five's trailer was kind of like when it got released. There was really not much of what this game is about, other than Michael talking over it. Do you think it would be more valuable to just not watch anything about it? I definitely parts of it for for Red Dead Two. I didn't watch anything. I didn't watch any trailers on it either, but that was because I didn't want to end up buying it. <laughs> I love that. You're that was my issue with Grand Theft Auto Five, where I watched the first trailer, got excited, and then took like a year later, I was like, I'm just gonna wait for it to come out on the Xbox One because it's going to. 
And then I ended up watching trailers and bought it because I was really excited uh, for it. Yeah, that's it. Got that's, me. That's tough, man. Well, you succeeded with Red Dead Two. I'm proud of you. Then that's I hard did, to yeah. do. I could have bought it and put it on Xbox One. Uh, All yeah. right. Did you don't want to talk about Grand Theft Auto Six anymore? And our no, we can't talk Dead Reflection. <laughs> <laughs> can't talk about a game that's not even out and has no information available to it. We should bring up uh, what's the game we kept mentioning? Crisis. Crisis. <laughs> 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 Gotta hit so that's a throwback now my gosh have we yeah, been doing this for one year brevin podcasting i think yeah i think it's about a year if not it's next month it hits a year yeah i think you know it's got to be at least a year now i think that's april incredible. we were recording that's really incredible we should have celebrated oh well we two years we, do we don't know <laughs> five years now we gotta wait till five now <laughs> okay Fair all right enough. uh <laughs> where was i oh yeah um we're singing as a group now remember this part after we, we finish this we go back to the house and everyone's drunk yeah, this is funny. It's 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 just well, it's a celebration. Like we it is said. a celebration. It's we just built a house. Arthur, Charles, and John. The there's you such keep a saying funny. Arthur. You keep oh, saying I'm Arthur. sorry. Arthur. John, Charles, and Uncle. Sorry, I you left out. I the confused Uncle too. with Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. Um, it's it's just those three guys hanging out, and it's they they don't really feel like they fit together that much. You know what I mean? But they're still mm-hmm. cool. Like. I love, I love it. It's just, it's yeah. just three, three guys hanging out. Three amigos. Three amigos. There's just various cutscenes of them going on a bender. Yeah, just getting drunk. I love, the, <laughs> I love the fact that I think it's John's carrying Charles around while Uncle's chasing him. It's just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, not carrying, but like, like piggyback. He's riding. like, yeah, piggyback riding. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. It, but awesome. it's even fun. I, I'm pretty sure it's john giving a piggyback to charles which is kind of absurd because charles is a big guy he's <laughs> way bigger so skinny yeah yeah oh, that's funny he does end up dropping him so i guess it's realistic um thank god for that <laughs> so of course when we're gonna have a good time like this i knew something bad was gonna happen we woke up luckily it was only our uncle getting taken it wasn't like charles getting taken so like it <laughs> wow. wasn't as hard to do <laughs> no i'm just kidding um but yeah uncle gets taken by the skinners of course what a surprise um and you know this is what this is the mission that made me feel like you know Uncle's all right, like I I don't want him to get hurt. I, it's not like oh thank God he's gone. Let's just not even go get him. Like I gotta care a little bit, you know. You gotta love like even though it's Uncle Charles is still because John is like let me go back to sleep and Charles <laughs> is like no we're going like yep. so adamant about it. I I, I got I love Charles. He's the best. Yeah. But this mission made me feel like. Like, imagine if you were hungover and then this happened and you had to go and use your gun and, like, fight people in the woods. Like, that is just I the wonder most if, like, miserable experience you could imagine. I wonder if your body would, like, force you to be able to do it. Like, you'd hit, like, the, some adrenaline rush. Adrenaline, and, like, yeah, yeah. It would probably power you through. Yeah. But, man, they probably slept for 24 hours after this. Oh, yeah. They were not. Yeah, they were not ready to do anything after this. But you go in there, you kill all the Skinners, basically. Not all of them, but you kill a lot of them. And you end up finding it's like a sneaking mission a little bit. It's a little sneaking. It's nothing crazy. We've kind of seen you all like, the mission two types. Characters and you shoot the guy on the left with the arrow, and Charles gets the other guy. And then yeah, you, yeah. Uh, there is a creepy thing though where you come across a wagon. Oh, the guy getting dragged by the wagon. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, is that Charles? And I'm like, no, nah, some other guy. Just like, <laughs> you don't care to save yeah. this guy. I'm sorry. I'm. Yep. Wait, if I just if I just say a name, just assume I'm talking about somebody. You have a one, you have a one in thir- three chance of getting the right character. Oh, it's fine. Man, my yeah, my naming accuracy is really low. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, we you end up finding Uncle. Um, wow, and I didn't even realize that they were burning him until we saved him. Like until he gets knocked off the thing, I thought they just kind of hooked him up and was like letting him sit there. But they're like burning his back over a fire, and I was like, wow, that is like really awful. Can you imagine? Like, I no, you can't. I'm just I can't. I've never been burned you. that much. Yeah, like that's that. He, they were cooking him alive, literally, essentially, yeah. which is just horrific. Um, I mean, it makes sense though. They are the Skinner's gang. There's this dreadful conversation between Charles and John when they're on the way Mm -hmm. there. And Charles is like, if you get scalped, like you can live for like five days. If you get a stomach injury, you can live for a few months, but it's miserable. And he he says like, we might need to make a tough decision. Yeah, we might need to put him out of his misery. Which is just rough. And I was like, thank God I know uncle can't die. I know. That's why it sort of loses some of its... um, uh, you know, air there. Hard, yeah, yeah. You know, well, if you've played the first game, I mean, you might, that's much that's fun. That's true. I would, like, Drew, for example, didn't play through the first game. I would love to experience it through that lens and just be like, what's going to happen to John? Like, not knowing yeah. that you, could you imagine? That would be yeah, that's, out that of is, the world. That is really interesting. I never even thought about that perspective. But yeah, we get him back. We save him. Um, he's still all burnt up. Poor uncle. This is, like, I shouldn't really say poor uncle. Like, what has he done? Like, but no, poor uncle. Like, no one deserves that. No matter how lazy you are. No matter how much lumbago you have. <laughs> oh, and they were burning his back, too. It's just going to make his lumbago worse. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough it, to it see. Is, it's, it's not even... It's tough to see this character who's so often a comic relief be in, like, a real terrible situation. Like, when mm-hmm. he's when you're riding him back on the horse, he's actually, like, whimpering and, like, like, uh, like it's not funny. Like, well, he's like i don't yeah it's not funny at all he's like i really don't feel all right like he's like i don't never felt like this yeah and it's it's hard to watch but mm-hmm. yeah i, well, I do well, like he's... when you when you get back to the house charles just carries uncle inside and then very quickly walks out and is like he'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> he's fine we put him on the ground he's good yeah i know like what you're not gonna like put some ointment on him or i don't Something, know yeah. i don't know what Infect- you could do. i feel like an infection would just kill you immediately if you got a burn like that do you get infections from burns i don't know i think you can but that was what well, that's the thing they talk about they talk about um you know the we have to worry about the infections i think charles even mentions that okay because like when the new skin forms i don't know i don't want to talk about it too much you're you're a nurse right yeah exactly i don't i don't know <laughs> enough about this um let's see where are we at oh yay they're back this is when, um, <laughs> that's a big turn right there of events. Abigail and Jack uncle's show back. up. Yeah, Uncle's back. He's perfectly fine. No, he's much better after after that mission. You don't really see him recover. Um, Abigail and Jack are back. They just walk back after the note that you sent them. So this is weird. We didn't mention oh, I never the note, made, I never even way. talked about it. I didn't mention the note at all. I didn't write anything about it. Yeah. So I, there's, what, when does that happen? Is that after you build the barn? I think it's after you, you build the barn, you say like, hey, you know, I made this crazy decision for us. I built this barn and, you know, I've, that's kind of it. That like, hey, I made this crazy decision. It's Come a very, back. it's a very sweet scene of John just being like very genuinely like, hey, like I did this thing, please. Well, he's not even, he's not even pleading, which is sort of weird. No, he's like, not. He's just telling her, letting her I would know. love for you to join me at this house I built for us. Mm-hmm. Um, is very nice, and obviously it works because they come back. Yep, she shows up, and I love their little reunion. It's so cute. I just love seeing them together. So this is weird. Um, while I did go back and watch the missions, I watched mm-hmm. it on uh, 
I forget what the channel's name is, but it's if you look up like Red Dead Redemption Two Gold Medal playthrough or whatever, yep. it'll, it'll come up. Um, and I I watch the mission with Uncle, and then it it goes to the next mission, and Abigail and Jack are there. It's like the I don't I don't know why this scene happened in between missions. Maybe because it's just a long series of cutscenes. Maybe it says like, a few days later. I think I remember that showing up. Yeah, I, I which don't kind know. of explains why Uncle's okay at this point. Okay, so it's like a time lapse thing where there's I'm pretty sure it's that's not a mission, and this scene isn't attached to any mission because it's just what happens. Yeah, yeah, it's just a few so, days later. Pardon me, I'm not super familiar with the scene and how this plays out. Is what I mean to say. Oh, so okay. They, I they have so. a nice right. reunion. Yeah, they have a nice reunion. Basically, you know, he he doesn't even believe that it's them at first, and then. You know, they he runs up to her and they kind of stop, and then she just jumps on him and hugs him. It's cute. Oh, uh, that's adorable! Like you're like, oh, how do I act around you? Yeah, exactly. She doesn't know <laughs> if she's like mad or what. What's gonna happen? Um, but yeah, no, everything's good, and everything. They're all really excited to see each that's other. Adorable. And it's been um, months, right? Like a long time. A long time. I mean, he had to have. He was on the ranch for months, and then he built this house, which that's we can assume right. at least took yeah. a couple months. Oh my gosh! It's been months since they've done this. Um, and then. <laughs> they show you they got rufus the dog yes so i yeah rufus is he, he's great you know what's really favorite funny character. this is one of my favorite like it, this is like on like oh what did i what made me laugh really hard before i think it was john not being able to swim that i thought was a hilarious <laughs> gameplay thing so when you go up to rufus and you study him i was like you know how you can do that with animals yeah, yeah. and it tells you what kind of animal they are and it's like a little information about it you go up to Rufus, I expected it to say, like, oh, he's, like, a golden retriever or, like, a white lab, whatever kind of dog he is. But no, when when the thing pops up, it says Rufus. <laughs> it's literally the name of the dog, and this is exactly what it says in the description. Rufus is a good boy. <laughs> That's awesome. I never noticed that. When you study yeah. it, it just says Rufus, Rufus is a good boy. Rufus, Rufus is a good boy when you look in your compendium. <laughs> it's so funny. It's all the information you need. He's just a good boy. He's a good, good boy. boy. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's funny. And then when the whole family's back, Sadie decides to visit. So you really have everyone that you care about with you in that moment. See, Sadie, yes, Sadie visits, and then there's a bit of a tense exchange because I do yes. remember seeing this. Yes, and I'll I'll talk about that right now. Um, basically, she talks about how um, you know, she has another job for John, and that you know, kind of reveals not without like really outwardly saying it but like oh john's been working for me and i'm a bounty hunter so he's still doing violent missions but they you know abigail of course is going to be upset and i kind of understand why but like you gotta you gotta remember abigail like this is legal work so you're you're team sadie here i am i'm i understand her outlook and like the whole point of trying to get john to change was to make him be a rancher and not do this but like john's got to pay his debt back he's got a lot of debt right now so you kind of have to do this for a little bit and that's kind of that's kind of the real answer there. Like you don't have a choice right now. John is in a very difficult position where he is trying to. I I, th- I in my opinion, like if I was if I was John's life coach, right, <laughs> or yeah, like okay. financial advisor or something, yep. I'd say, John, you're crazy. Don't get a loan to buy a house and build a house mm-hmm. before you have a reliable source of income Mm -hmm. because then you're going to be in a very tough situation and that's where john is and the only way 
Like there's no other, there's no other way for him to really make enough money to pay back his loan quickly enough besides bounty hunting or, you know, well, illegal activities, I guess is the other alternative that he mm-hmm. has experience with. So I definitely sympathize or I don't know, principally, I think I'm, I'm team Abigail here where I'm like, no, like this is, this is what you fought for. So you didn't need to do this kind of work. But the thing is with that is that you have like, she, but he has no choice. Like you can't stop right now and go try it. Well, I mean, maybe he could, maybe it would work. I don't know if it'd make enough money to pay the back the loans though. That's what's like, so, that's what's so time. Sort of frustrating about John's position is he did all this for Abigail to get them back. But in doing that, he is forced to go against Abigail's own wishes to get like, would he would he have been better served rather than just picking the the house out of the catalog and getting the American dream loan? Mm-hmm. Um, if he just got found like learned a trade, you know, and he and he could rent a little tiny shack on the outskirts of Saint Saint Denis mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, Abigail, like we don't have the house yet, but I'm working towards something here, and eventually we'll get enough money where we can move and get our own place." Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't think John has that he's not able to even think of that as a possibility. Um, and maybe that's not even really a possibility. Like what he's, how old is John here? He's like late thirties. Yeah. Thirties, mid thirties, late thirties. Um, he doesn't have any connections. He like, how do you start a career? He's basically know? a wanted man still. And he's, he's, yeah, he is a wanted he's man. still using a fake name. Sometimes I like how he's just very like, Oh, I guess I'm Jim Milton today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Yeah. This is it's sort of like yes, Abigail, you're right, but this is real life, so we have not really this. a choice here. Yeah, we don't have which a choice is unless you want to get the house taken. <laughs> yeah. Um, so and then she follows up with something else. Which what else is what else is there, Brevin? Hold on, I didn't write down much more of the scene, but I'm trying to remember now because like it's still really fresh. Um, I know she talks about. Um, oh yeah, when, when okay, so Sadie brings up Micah. Oh, During sorry. this conversation, I, oh my, my uh, just broke a piece of glass in this house. <laughs> my cup stuck to my coaster from the condensation, and the coaster fell. <laughs> That's what that was. But yeah, uh, Sadie talks about Micah, and Abigail is just an absolute no go on getting revenge on Micah. This, and... When I watched this, I thought it was sort of funny because it seemed like a negotiation tactic on Sadie's behalf because mm-hmm. she's like, well, if I bring up bounty hunting first and then go on to the more dangerous thing, then by comparison, bounty hunting won't look as bad. Yep. And it actually works. Like it Abigail's works, yeah. like, she's like, well, yeah, I guess you can do bounty hunting, but don't, don't go after Micah. Yep. So it's a good idea, Sadie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm team Abigail on this one. I, I, like I said before, I talked about how I don't think revenge is worth it on Micah as John. It, and I still agree. I don't think it is worth it. Yeah. This is hard because... It's almost like one of those situations where the people involved can recognize like, yes, this isn't smart and doesn't make sense or it's not the good thing, quote unquote, but every fiber in their being is driving them towards doing that. So they will do it anyway. Like it's Mm -hmm. not even, they're not even, they're past the point of making a cognitive decision. It's just like what they're doing. Like, oh, Mike, Mike is here. Well, we're going to kill him. Like, that's it. Or we're at least going to try. Um, and Micah, he's just, he's awful. So, you yeah. know, I, I, I get it. 
But John's really into it. That's the interesting thing. John really wants to kill him, even without Sadie. It's talked about, um, I think, a little later, where John's like, I have to do this if you don't want to be part of killing, you know, Micah. Which I'm just surprised he cares that much. Maybe he really, maybe he cares more about Arthur than he leads us to. I mean, he obviously cares a lot about Arthur, but maybe it's even like more personal, like where he needs to well, avenge think, Arthur. Think about it. Like, Micah wasn't the downfall of. Uh, he was. Was he the downfall of Arthur? I don't know. In some ways. Some yeah, a little bit. He's but he's really the downfall of the Vanderlyn gang, which mm-hmm. is John's family and his life up until its collapse. Mm-hmm. And not only not only was he a bad influence on Dutch, who led him astray and sort of preyed a little bit on Dutch's like losing his mind. I don't know what you want to call that. But he also ratted out the gang and gave information away. And I think that specific point, the fact that he's a rat, is what mm-hmm. is driving John, John yeah. to be like, no, 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 like you're not getting away with that. It's it's probably it's probably a feeling of unsettledness for John, more so than like, oh, he sort of killed Arthur, so I'm gonna go after him. I don't know. And maybe it's maybe it's a thought too that like what if Micah came and tried to kill him? Like that Micah's crazy. You never know. You have that you have a wandering guy I out there who does of it have like that. A defensive Like he could go and get kill my family. He knows who Abigail and Jack are. I'd argue that Micah doesn't even care that much though. He doesn't, but you could argue that John is just looking out for his family a little bit. Like obviously I don't think Micah would do that, but you never know. It's kind of like one of those things. See, this is so, so this is sort of a, a situation of like putting your values above sense where mm-hmm. I think I think John's philosophy and his core to like his way of being loyal in the situation is to go after Micah. Like it's mm-hmm. not like what I was saying, it's not even a decision for him like for him to be who to he it. is, he just has to do it. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't make sense and it's dumb and it's pointless and Micah isn't even worth it, but to I don't know. to let that man get away for john to come around to that conclusion i think is asking too much of him at this point mm-hmm. i can uh, see that a little bit but i'm still team not getting him i just i i get why he wants to do it i don't think it's worth it oh yeah no i i, I agree like I, <laughs> imagine like i because we forget that this isn't a normal situation right like mm. if if john was like a real life person and he was your friend and he was like Hey, so I used to run with this guy in a gang, and they might I might know where he is. Should I go kill him? It's like, what are you talking about? No, like you have a house and a kid and a wife. No, you should not. No, don't do that. And yep. it's like, because we have followed the events so far, we're all like, yeah, go get Micah. But like, no, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't really make sense. Um and you, yeah. See, you're you're even further where you'll say it doesn't make sense, and I've followed along with the story because mm-hmm. you're not even that passionate about Micah, which I think is fair. I wonder if oh, I'm not passionate about him, and it's like putting his family at risk of him dying, which is like the other thing. If he was if he was an Arthur character, then sure, go ahead. You're you're putting your own life at risk. Do I oh, think see, it's still worth true, it? No, because you're Red Dead Redemption One spoilers. You were on the team of Jack going after, um, not Milton, but. What's it, the Pinkerton? Whatever the whatever the other guy's name is, I don't remember his name either. But Don, that's gonna annoy me. He, it's not Pinkerton by then either. It's the bureau. Um, but you yeah, I was Team said, Jack. You specifically said like, what else does Jack have to do? Like, he's alone. All he wants, to, yeah, all he can do is 
get revenge on this one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you agree with me on that? I feel like you didn't. You thought it was kind of eh. Like, what's I, the, what's so the I disagree with I disagree with you on that because it's it's Jack giving into this lifestyle that he knows will lead him to suffering and see this is just the perpetual this is the lesson i think of of the of the red dead redemption games is is if you don't learn from other people's mistakes you will face the same failures Mm -hmm. and for jack to put on his dad's holster and go out and on this revenge mission by himself when the the guy who he's going to kill is just like he's not going to cause any more harm anyway. Yeah, really. he's like retired old man now. Yeah, it's just like that's just sad to me. That's not like a fulfilling visceral like yeah, we got him. It's like oh, Jack, like you you could be a writer, you know. He you could be could... a lawyer like he talks about. He talks about wanting to be a lawyer. Does he talk about that? Yeah, I'll talk about it. There's a mission with him and um and him and John that have a, a few interesting little oh, interesting. little details. Why don't we get to that now? All right. Well, it might not be the next mission, so (laughs) it might not be an option. Uh, No, let me look. Where are we? Talking about it right now. Oh, okay. All right. Um, So, yep. Hearing about Micah still, we talked about that. Okay. John is going to ask Abigail to marry him. He he has a ring that is Arthur's. But this is my question. Isn't this technically Mary's or did he have his own ring? What? Say that again. So, Mary, Mary gives a ring to you at some point. Remember when you get it in the letter? Yes. Does Arthur have his own ring, or is this Mary's ring that John is just miss, you know, not putting together? He doesn't know that it's Mary's ring, so he's just assuming it's it's uh, <laughs> Arthur's ring. What a weird! That's such an interesting take on it, Brevin. I th- what he's saying is this is Arthur's ring that he mm-hmm. bought to give to Mary. Oh, okay. and therefore yeah, it's now. a woman's ring that she wore, right? gotcha yeah i see what you're saying yeah like it's it's arthur's ring quote unquote in that you know he used it to propose yeah but it's not literally a ring that he was wearing on his finger gotcha okay i (laughs) wanted to make sure i followed that correct that's that's i can see how that would be confusing though that's funny um yeah and i was also thinking too like you would never know about this ring if you never did the missions right because Mary's missions aren't forced upon you unless she just sends you I a, think a she letter would send anyway. You the letter anyway, even mm-hmm. if you didn't do the mission. Maybe especially if you didn't do the missions, where yeah. she's like, "Listen, it's fun. It's funny. I wonder if it, if she would take that long to send it. Like if it, mm-hmm. if you'd still get the same. I wonder if it'd still be the same letter. Probably not. Um, right in if no, you I don't didn't think it would do be. the Mary missions and you know about getting the ring, but um, yeah, because I. Did you play the mission, this mission? that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played a few after this, too. Okay, so you went to Blackwater with Abigail. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to talk about that. I'll talk about that. Okay, because in this, when uh, John takes out the ring outside of the photographer's place, or no, it's it's where Abigail's doing it's some on your errands lake. and you're waiting for, no, 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 earlier. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He's like thinking about, and then he, he looks at a picture, and I thought at first that it was a picture of John and... Uh, abigail like an old picture of them when they were younger but it's actually arthur and mary oh i didn't make that connection either i thought it was john and abigail no so that picture is arthur and mary that i think was in the letter or something or it's just something that john keeps that makes so much more sense though yeah and it's just 
it's it's him looking at them saying like i'm gonna do it right for your sake because i know that you guys had something isn't that just wow so sad wow that is really sad but i'm glad you brought that up yeah that wow, when i saw that it was that it was arthur's face i was like oh arthur and mary i noticed they look different but i assume that's just because they were a lot younger the, and it was it was a young version of them too but mm-hmm. yeah i'm I, I'm 99% sure it was Arthur. It's got to be. Yeah, it makes sense. That makes way more sense. Um, all right, so... What, did I write any other notes about this mission? Oh, okay, no, this wasn't actually that mission. Hold on. That's why. It, this was... I think this is... Oh, okay, yeah, I know, I know what it is. And coming back. This is still the Sadie mission, but it's him talking to Sadie about it. Which Sadie mission? What do you mean? It's the one where... Um, you go to get the uh, the the non-aggressive bounty. You know what That's I'm talking about. Right. Where the this bear the, shows up. Uh, I was he's, like, he's like a white collar criminal, essentially. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. And softy is what. Um, yeah, that's Sadie one of the him. reasons why Abigail agrees. Is Sadie is like this? This guy isn't really dangerous. He just was doing tax evasion or something like that. Whatever yep. it was. So yes, now I know exactly where I am. Um, yeah, we're not on that mission yet. Where we propose bear we okay. around a little bit no so that that is the next mission though but Be- before we get to the ring sadie and john go and they find this guy hiding in a cabin mm-hmm. and they're hiding he's hiding there because there's a bear right yes and this is rough because you i mean we've seen the bear thing with arthur before but mm-hmm. arthur i mean john is like getting mauled by a bear that's attacking i don't know how him. he's not disemboweled at this point yeah i mean it's, bites. it was like very intense of a mauling i guess you would say um i forget i think i think uh sadie gets knocked over or something and hits Mm -hmm. her head (laughs) i don't know if you remember this little quote but um john's like shoot the bear sadie and sadie's like i'm seeing triple (laughs) (laughs) shoot all three of the bears (laughs) (laughs) which is funny i feel like i've heard shoot shoot the bear in the middle before or uh, you know the thing in the middle but that's just i love that um, that's funny yeah so, i wish i would have heard that i would have wrote that down because that's like the type of comedy i like i don't know if they uh if they kill the bear or not i just scare him away no they scare him away yeah yep you only so, scare him off after you put in like 18 shots into his head somehow he's only scared yeah i don't know i don't know if there's too much to say about this mission um no there's really not i i it sort of goes to show oh no there's though. one thing there's one thing well it's okay. at the end though I was just going to say, um, even even with this quote-unquote soft target, like, they're still exposing themselves to danger. Yeah, and John, that's what Sadie, Sadie talks about, you know, I don't want you to come along with me. I have the right to choose who I want to come with me to do these missions, and now that you have Abigail and Jack, like, I don't think it's worth it for, for you to come along and do this. Yeah, so this is funny, because she was the one who was arguing for him to do it in the first place, but this mm. is what convinced her that he got attacked by a bear? Is that... Like I guess yeah, but I I don't know, but he like should have died in my opinion. Like, like if you watch how he got mauled, like I'm pretty sure his intestines are outside his body. Oh yeah, that, how if that, that bite was, was a real event. Like that person would be dead. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that this shook Sadie's confidence a little bit because norm she's very in control in mm-hmm. most situations, but here was an example of her being like incapacitated somewhat. And John was on the verge of death and she sort of couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And that was probably a realization of her to be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't take this family man with me on these dangerous escapades. Yep. Um, so it sort of is the, 
it, like, I, I, okay, I guess this this mission is the reason why John doesn't continue a career of bounty hunting, mm-hmm. right? And that's yeah. why he ends up leaning more into ranching or whatever. Uh, so what 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 does she say though? Because it is funny the way she puts it. She's like, "I'm the boss, and you got to listen to me." So. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, I don't remember yeah. exactly what it is, but it's pretty much that, you know, I can, I am my own woman, yeah. so I can make the decision of who I want to bring along with me on these missions. I don't want to be responsible for your death. And to John's credit, he's sort of like, well, all right. Yeah, he's kind of <laughs> like, well, I'm my own man. I guess if I want to, I can do it myself, but of course I'm not going to. That um, is funny. Like, if John really believes in it, he would just do it himself. But I think, I think if he had to make that argument, it that's that's interesting like if he didn't have sadie plugging for him then he couldn't stand on on his own against abigail because yeah, abigail, abigail would probably not leave again yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. um and it there's another part too where you're bringing this bounty and these two st- stupid bounty hunter kids like basically they sound like kids they roll up to you and you're like hey is that the bounty for that this person was looking for and you're like yeah and well actually though there's one other really cool detail i like about this they say Sadie the bounty hunter, like she's like infamous, like she is known <laughs> around as like it's just cool. I, I like bet. that. Yeah, I, I she's scary, so I I can see that. That's that is yeah. cool that she's like a presence in the bounty hunting world now. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, like if you look at what she's wearing, like she looks like I can't say it on the show because we don't allow explicit words, but like she's like she's cool looking. <laughs> That's what oh, I'll say. You were gonna say like B A or something? Yeah, he's B, she's B A. Yeah, is that a thing? I don't know if people say that, but we will on this non-explicit we'll podcast. Yeah, um, she's really ba like like she has like a really thick like like jacket and it's really long. I think she specifically says something like "I got new clothes" or something. Mm-hmm. Like John comments on it, and it, it she looks cool. Like that's what yeah. I mean. Like that's why I want to play as her and run around with that and just go kill do bounty hunts as her. Like role play literally as her. You could do that if you wanted to. It is funny that uh, <laughs> like. At this point in the game, Rockstar has, like, the cooler character that they're forcing you to interact with, but still you're the guy who goes back to his family and just yep. herds sheep or whatever. It's very funny. That is interesting. But, yeah, they try to they try to steal your bounty. You end up killing them because they're going to kill you. That's understandable. And this ends up being, you know, the last time we're probably going to see Sadie? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe when we go and kill Micah. But right now I'm not sure what she'd show up again. When it can't be the last time. There wasn't a going away. She's not dead, and there wasn't a going a, like a, a goodbye, so she's showing up again. So, um, one thing that you didn't I, doesn't he doesn't he mention to Sadie that he's going to propose? Yes, I did. Yeah, you know, I talked about that. That was how we started talking about the proposing thing. Okay, sorry, I sort of got jumbled up, but she, no, yeah. She, and what's funny is you kept saying something. What I, I know it kept coming up. Uh, while we were talking about like oh are they married are they married like yeah yeah and even sadie she says Wait, i thought you guys, guys were married, married? <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but john says no i want to do it proper in front of god um which is a Wants nice to sentiment. make it law does he say god does he actually say in front of god i think so I, that stuck out to me um yeah like, probably in front happened. of a preacher essentially yeah yeah i know he does say it he wants to make it law that's what he says um uh let's see what do we got so yeah, that's the end of the mission. You go back. Uh, when I was I was doing, a, I think I was cleaning my horse off. This is a little not mission related thing. I was going to clean my horse off because you, your horse gets really dirty in this section of the game, and it's really noticeable. If you, I think, I think it's more noticeable if you have a dark horse, which I do now, compared to like the gray horse I had before, which I wouldn't notice dirt on as much. So when it gets dirty, I like to clean it off because it bothers me, and I feel like I'm mistreating my horse. You notice dirt on a dark horse more? 
Well, yeah, because it's like a light thing of oh, like brown. Oh, it's like a light brown, muddy yeah. look. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah. On the gray horse, it's a little less noticeable. But either way, Is when I went to... still Rachel, by the way? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's still Rachel. Yeah, I'm not going to oh, replace okay. Rachel. Sweet. going to keep her around. I like the way she looks. She's good. Um, But... I came across this uh, bobcat. I heard a sound. And I was like, what is that? Like, I know that animal sound, but I couldn't remember what it was. And it almost killed me. It was just a random encounter with this bobcat because I was not ready for it. Because first what happened is I went up to it and it kind of like was just there. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to worry about it too much. And then it, my horse bucked me off and then mm. it just started instantly attacking me. And I was like, I'm going to die right now in front of just from a random wild encounter. <laughs> it's like, wow that's funny so even but if i ended up going go on these dangerous missions with sadie you can still die in the wild you still just die out in the wild west from a bobcat out of nowhere so are you i think we talked a little bit about this last time but you're you're not really exploring that much as john no not really i encourage it's you not to until i'm done this week if you have more time um mm-hmm. oh i definitely have more time because i know i know you were sort of taking it slow with the missions for the sake of like giving us time to discuss everything but mm-hmm. i think it's cool to be in this world as John at this point in his life. Like it, you feel different walking around, I think, because you mm-hmm. just feel like, Oh, I'm just going to go spend the day in St. Denis. And well, yeah, you're not, you don't have like anything like on your back, you know, no one really besides Abigail. Yeah. Yeah. It's less dire and there's no, you're just a guy and it just, it just feels nice to explore the world. It sort of reminds me of, um, I don't know if this is a real analogy that makes sense but like uh um ubisoft released the assassin's creed game with like the educational version um, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yep, i know what you're talking is about is odyssey is that the yeah it is Odyssey. i don't remember what game but yeah it's the one with oh, the, it's, probably, uh, the... it's probably odyssey and the egypt one and origins where they did it um i think it's i think it is both where they release an educational version that's just like com- no violence in it whatsoever but you can just walk around the cities as these different characters mm-hmm. and just be a part of the world and learn about history um i've never done that but i think that would be fun that does. i wonder if that's free is that free i, I think it is free i think it's because it's like an educational thing and they give it to schools and stuff um that's cool. could you imagine playing an assassin's creed game like in educationally social studies like wow that would be amazing. sometimes i wish i grew up in 2018 instead of 2000 like you know 2000 eh, whatever mid 2000s i still got to play like the halo one demo and computer tech class Those oh yeah that's days. true <laughs> that's funny um, um yeah anyway anyway reminiscing all right next mission fishing with jack mm. This seems familiar. Jack does not like fishing, remember? Yeah, and I can understand why. As soon as he said, I don't like fishing, I was like, well, Jack, I kind of understand. You don't like fishing? Well, it's not that I don't like fishing. It's just like, I remember what happened last time you went fishing. Oh. This is the most recent <laughs> time since then. And um, he even brings up, you know, the fact that, you know, some some city man, is what he says, showed up to us. That was his remembrance of what happened. So he first he says, he says, oh, Arthur taught me how to fish, or something like yep. that. And yeah, which is, is, I wrote down. John is like, oh, he taught you, like, oh. And I, I remember hearing this, and I was like, oh, is, is John going to be like, oh, I can teach how to fish, too. But no, he's like, genuinely like, oh, that's nice. Like, I mm. think now that Arthur is dead, you, you know how it was that weird dynamic between them where Arthur mm-hmm. was sort of being a dad for Jack because John yeah. was just sort of absent. But now that Arthur's dead, it's like, well, I'm glad that he was able to impact Jack in some way. Yeah, while he'll he leave was a memory. Alive. Yep. <sighs> yeah. That is nice, too, because Jack was on, like, that age. Like, I think he was, like, five or six, like you said. Where, like, with a five or six-year-old, with someone like that who you, like, remember obviously really fondly. 
um, you're not sure if they're going to remember anything about them or like really have like a good memory with them, except like just not of just their existence. But it's nice that Jack has this memory of, hey, this is when Arthur brought me fishing. Yeah, that he has that specific moment crystallized in that mm-hmm. way. Um, I don't know. I think I think five or six, you're going to remember stuff. like You should remember something at that point. I, yeah, I remember I quite a bit about... Yeah, I can remember but, like preschool and stuff like that. Like what my playground looked like. Oh, I, never, I didn't go to preschool actually, but... Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm weird like that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something like that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <sighs> Alright, let's... let's let... <laughs> Man, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this episode. We're just jumping all over the place. I mean, it's the same thing as every other episode, I guess. That's true. It's, it's the same as usual. Yeah, Jack wants to be a lawyer, though, that he talks about. That he wants to help people. And I love how John says, I don't know if lawyers help people. <laughs> <laughs> that was his response to that. I missed this conversation. That's awesome. I don't yeah, know if lawyers... that. <laughs> What does he think they do? That's amazing. I love John's perspective on things. I actually One thing that I did watch again, by the way, is the scene mm-hmm. where he gets the loan. Oh, yeah. There's a YouTube comment that just says, John looks so dumb at like 318 or whatever. And it's like a (laughs) timestamp. And I click on it and he's like looking at the guy stamp different papers, like go back and forth. (laughs) Yep, I remember that. He looks looks so out of place and stupid. (laughs) It's it's so funny. If you've played the game and and are able to look on YouTube, I encourage you to go revisit that because it's it's just such a funny scene. It is. But he, John is, like, so far away from being, like, white-collar and, like, understanding what lawyers do or valuing them, I think. Mm-hmm. He, I'm sure he has some understanding of what a lawyer is, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Well, he was always on the opposite side of the law, so it would make sense that he was like, lawyers don't help people. That's, and that is, that is a, like, that that is a really funny situation where, um, yeah, that, that, that is, that is poetry that... <laughs> This this guy who's like a crim a career criminal has a son who wants to grow up to be a lawyer who practices yep. law in like that's like the most society based oh. profession that you can have. Yeah. yeah, it's like the complete opposite too. It's literally polar opposite. And Jack, um, ugh, I don't know. And I would even say more polar opposite than like a police officer because there's no violence involved in being a lawyer, but you're still enforcing the law. Yeah, it's it's like the very bookish version of. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is like the exact the opposite, opposite of of John, which, to John's credit, like, even though he was a bad, well, was he? Ugh, I don't want to get into whether or not he's a bad father, but he wasn't a good example for Jack growing up. That, that we can say for sure. Um, no arguments. But it, that apparently functioned in some way as like I don't want to grow up like my dad. And put mm-hmm. my like because I see with the distress that my dad puts my mom through, so I want to do something that's like very straight and narrow. And, mm-hmm. and you know that's one. I'm glad you said that because I've never thought about like the conversations that happen between Jack and Abigail when John's not around because we wouldn't hear them. But I can only imagine <laughs> what what Jack's perspective is on John's life and like being criminal. Like, obviously he has absolutely no want to do that because he's with his mom more and who hates it. Like that makes perfect sense now. Oh, I never I'm glad you thought brought about up. conversations between Jack and Abigail. Huh? It's weird when you, you I can't don't know. like, I don't know that Abigail is like bad mouthing John. It's not that Abigail is bad mouthing John, but it's the fact, you know, that in conversation, Abigail's taught, like Jack's asked, you know, why aren't we with dad? And Abigail would have to tell him in some capacity, like, 
he's doing dangerous things and I don't want, I don't want something to happen to you. And like, after hearing that for so many years and understanding and realizing like my dad's a dangerous figure. Yeah. You'd be like, I don't want to be like that because it makes my mom unhappy. Yeah. It could, it, it could be more subtle where she's just saying, Oh, he's working like, and Mm -hmm. and Jack would know what he's doing just because he was there. Like in the, he was in the mansion when there was getting shot up by all the O'Driscoll's. Like he knows that his dad isn't, a lawyer you know <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> he's at the office jack don't worry about it. <laughs> um but yeah that you can you can definitely sort of see jack coming into his own but that's what i think that is what makes his reality at the end of red dead one so much more painful that he he seems to be learning the lesson but mm-hmm. he, he doesn't like what i don't know i don't know man anyway <laughs> So so much to say about the ending of Red Dead One about Jack. I like. We'll, it's we'll a... get there. I think I don't want to, you know, harp on that conversation because we have a lot to talk about after yeah. we play through the first game. Um, oh, I still think Jack. Game, sorry, <laughs> same same thing. Jack, I think is still worthy of having his own game. Like it, it, I just think there's something interesting that could be said about it. Wouldn't be like a typical Rockstar game at all because if you want it to make sense, it would be like Noir. Yes. Right? And you would play as Jack and you would redeem yourself by becoming a lawyer and the gameplay would be coming up with arguments to make in the court of law and convincing a jury. There we go. That is not what I was going to say at all. But... See, that and there's no violence at all. That's that's true redemption right there. To find, yeah, being... to carve your way in life within the, you know, restrictions of society and to thrive yeah. amongst the people. How about let's make the story what happens before he becomes a lawyer. And the final scene is him becoming a lawyer. So we don't have to play the boring parts of the game. What I love about Rockstar, though, is they could do that. They could I know make they could. A lawyer game and everyone would be like, oh, check out this sweet game. I don't know what you would call it. Um, I mean, L.A. Noir was a lot to uh, that was a pretty uh, big leap of faith on making a game like that and testing new, you know, technology with it, with the whole facial thing. And I think people, even people who played and enjoy that game, they're not in it for, like, there's obviously, that game I shouldn't, has I a can't lot say too much, I haven't played LNR. Have you played LNR? I, I don't remember if I played through it all the way, but I definitely watched a full playthrough. And I, no, I, I played through it all the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed I that game. That's, that's a solid, solid game. Um, but it definitely has those obvious video game missions where like you're fighting and it it feels like you're just fighting for the sake of there being gameplay Mm -hmm. but the best parts of that game are when you are trying to figure out a case and it's more of the sherlock holmes type thing where you're like you have three witnesses to talk to and need to put the pieces together so like i think they could go through a whole game and make it like that and have it be successful but they wouldn't do that because that doesn't lend itself well to multiplayer and microtransactions yeah as i said money I'm, that's why i'm surprised lnr exists it came up in a perfect time for that type of game to exist because it would not have happened i think there's also days. i mean that wasn't rockstar north i don't think i think there was something to it being oh it was like a different studio a different studio within the same publisher don't quote mm-hmm. me on that but i think i don't think that's like the core GTA oh yeah it definitely example. didn't it didn't take away from the making gta 5 so, or red dead 1 so it makes yeah. sense anyway let's see where are we um you want i'm talking about arthur oh and then oh i forget a snake oh you see so you, all right hold on before we talk about the snake you, you fish i caught a one pound two ounce fish i don't know if that's big but that seems pretty big to me 
I fished for a little bit. It's decent. Yeah, it's a little, but it's a bluegill, you know? I, I kept it, though, which is the thing that was funny. I was like, I threw the first one back, threw, like, the second and the third one back, and kept this big one. I was like, you know, I'm good. Oh, okay. Well, what's interesting about throwing them back is you specifically say, if you want to eat, we have to fish. Yeah, yeah, that's the so other you're, thing, So too. you were still throwing fish back, even though you just yeah. told Jack that you need to fish to eat. Okay, I like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. No, I wanted a big There's, one. A power, worth it. a power play for Jack to be like, you know what? I could feed this fish to you, but I'm going to throw it back. <laughs> I, did, I did laugh, too, at that, about him saying, like, well, you like to eat, right? So let's go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, so it's yeah, a nice so... scene, though, when Jack catches a fish. I will say that. Because he's like yeah, he really gets excited. excited about it in a yeah. genuine way that you don't really see Jack have. And John is really supportive. He's like, it wasn't that nice? Like, that's <sighs> what it's all about. That's what he says. That's yeah. not really what he says, but pretty much. Um, so the snake attacks Rufus. Well, Rufus disappears for a little bit. You have to go find him. But then a snake is found to be the cause of his disappearance. And I was like, not Rufus. Why is it going to be the dog? He just, came, yeah, he just appeared in the game. But luckily he lives. You suck the venom out. Yeah, and that, all right, was, I don't know. It was a very is... dramatic retelling, Brevin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but I I don't know if this is the child in me. Like I'm being immature, but like hearing Jack say "suck it, John," <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I'm "Wow, sorry. I didn't I'm make sorry. that connection personally, but that's it, it." Just made me laugh. This me being it, stupid. John. Wow, that's funny. It just did. Yep, that's me. <laughs> You are you are the typical Grand Theft Auto online player. Like, yeah, that's yelling, pretty much yelling it. into the mic about mom making them grilled cheese or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that was very specific. That <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm. What kind of image I'm painting here? But um, yeah, you're. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Go, there we go. go ruin ruin a ruin a good scene. Ruin a good moment. Yep. Come Not on, really a bro. good moment. I was sad. I was terrified. I was like, if this dog dies, I swear to God. <laughs> I do like how I think I, I'm pretty sure this happens where um Jack is like, Where's Rufus? And then John says, He's a dog. <laughs> do you remember that? Is <laughs> that something? Like, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure. It was, it's like the perfect like retort to be like, Well, no, he's a dog. So Yeah, that's literally he's a dog, Jack. That's <laughs> where Jack's he is. like, I'm gonna go look for him anyway. <laughs> oh, oh man. But yeah, you end up you end up saving him, and this is when I found out if you study him, um, he's a good boy. Okay. <laughs> he is a good boy. Uh, and we're on to our final mission of the um, game of the of the of this episode, not the game. A beautiful mission 5%. to end on, might I say? This oh, this it was beautiful. Mission is uh, I great know. mission. Let's it's, talk about it. Um, it's awesome. So we we find out that um, okay, so it starts off with the Gettys family brings us furniture, which is really nice. I'm glad that they appeared again isn't that you know, funny and it's just like the two it's the sons. two young boys yeah yeah and there's like you just send them down like miles away with some furniture like mm-hmm. i guess i it's a, nice, that, it's a nice welcoming gift it's another reminder that like things are safer than what john and arthur experienced like if you're mm-hmm. a regular person yeah you can just send your kid with some furniture yeah that's true yeah that's kind of weird <laughs> to think about um it's like yeah. a 16 year old and a 12 year old yeah i think i think it's really it is it is really sweet though that they are like even even after the giving him the loan and stuff they're still supporting him. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, so we're gonna go to we're gonna go to Blackwater with um with Abigail, and we're gonna go do some fun activities, have a day out in the city, or I call it a city. It's really not a city. It's like a small little town <laughs> with with paved roads, which is what makes me call it a city. 
<laughs> so, yeah. Like slightly paved roads. Um, and we're gonna get our photo taken. And this is I spent a lot of time getting this photo right. I don't know if you did too. <laughs> uh, I don't really remember honestly. I think I. So I do was, you remember how it works? I was yeah. So I was particular about picking the uh, background because I didn't want yeah. it to be like goofy. Like do you remember like what you a chose? Swamp or something? I think There's I was like I think I chose the um the frontier with the yeah. Windmill. That's also what I chose. But yeah. you can choose um you can choose like. There's this really like weird one that shows it's at nighttime and there's a big moon and there's a bridge and when you go over it like yeah Abigail's like that one's kind of creepy <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then there's one of um there's one of, like a really fancy one there's one of like a Native American reservation or something like that like a bunch of like camps yep um and I think I can't remember the last one but yeah I I Frontier was like okay that's that's gotta be it that's that's them. what we're aiming to be yeah um and then I love all the poses you could do there's a lot of <laughs> A lot of interesting poses. It's like, yeah, like John sitting down with Abigail with his leg propped his up. Shoulder. Yeah. Oh man, I chose um, which one did I choose? I chose the one with Abigail sitting on the right chair, and John to her right, which would be our left if you're looking at it from the camera's perspective, and them <laughs> sitting there. What? Sorry, I'm I'm here like watching you describe this and i i could not follow that i don't know if i'm i'm not i'm not paying enough attention honestly but i'm just thinking about <laughs> someone listening to the podcast and then like trying to visualize what you're saying and it, it just made me laugh i'm sorry that's fine so let me explain it a little better <laughs> <laughs> so imagine imagine you are the camera okay i'm the camera you yep. are the camera so john's to the right of the photo of the, the not even the, the photo the photo doesn't exist the lens <laughs> So his reflection is on the right-hand side of the lens? His, his, if you're... <laughs> okay. He's on the imagine, right of the photo. I know. Imagine a photograph, right? A, imagine a, a photograph, A yeah. rectangle. Is it yes. portrait or landscape? This is... I hope it's... I think it's landscape? I'm pretty sure it's portrait, actually. Because you'd be it? in, like... Oh, yeah, you're right. Frame. It's longer. Yeah, it's longer. And John... Uh, yeah, John is on the right John. side. Mm-hmm. What he's is on the John right doing? side. John is sitting. He's sitting down. No, he's it? not sitting. He's not even... I'm, you're messing me up. I had this right before. <laughs> Abigail is sitting to the right. Like... He's done. He's gone. He's covering his mouth. <laughs> I just love that. You're, you're like, yes, he's sitting. No, he's not sitting. You're messing he's me up. He's not sitting. Abigail is sitting in the chair. And John... You know what? I don't even remember what the photo looks like. Can we just skip this part? <laughs> I worked so... I spent probably seven minutes trying to get the right pose, went through every pose, and now I don't even remember what it looked like. You said, you said, John is on the right, he's sitting. No, he's not sitting. Abigail is sitting on the right. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. Ab- one of them's sitting, one of them's standing. <laughs> one's to the left, one's to the right. It's a beautiful picture, I'm sure. It's a great, it's a great photo. I bet, and... you, I bet you described it perfectly when I wasn't paying attention. I did, that. 100%. So I had it I'm, done. Everyone else understands, and that's fine. I, yeah, they me. know what I, they know I, the place. I'll go back and listen, and I'll make sure that I know what 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 it is. Maybe we I'm can sure you post will. it to our Instagram, Brevin. I don't know if you have. Maybe it. that's. Oh yeah, we can still do it. We can still do uh, spoilers. Yeah, we have the little front card thing that I made. Um, All right. Um, <laughs> so I do love the interactions. This this photographer guy's weird, huh? Yeah, he's really awkward. He, they like walk in, and they're like, "We're here for a photo." And he kind of just doesn't say anything to he's that. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they say, like, so what do we do? And he's like, yeah. what are you talking about? What are you here for? Yeah, and we're like, we're here for a portrait, a self-portrait. And he's like, oh, yeah, I could do that. Come follow me. 
I got a it, bunch of backgrounds for you. I think that it really nails like going in, like going into a store and doing something you've never done before, and how awkward it feels. Like like if you mm-hmm. like your first time buying paint at a Home Depot or something, you're like, yeah. uh, I need to paint like two walls in there, and you like get three cans or something. Like you don't know what you're doing, so you're yeah. just totally out of your depth. And then if they if the person that's helping you is also awkward it just makes it even more oh it's terrible Uh, see that's why i always preface if i'm in a situation where i've never done something like i'm calling a place for the first time and i don't really know who i should be talking to i always specifically tell them i'm not sure if i'm talking to the right person right now but here's my situation so either you can help me or give me to the right person that's usually what i go for i like that i i actually you preface it by saying you're stupid basically well there you go or you're ignorant (laughs) yeah if you come from a place of ignorance then they're just helping you out Exactly. Um, I I wanted to buy a bed, like a new mattress, because I still have the same twin mattress that I've had since I was like in middle school or something, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm sleeping on. And I was like, I want to, I should, I'm an, I'm an adult. I should get like a queen or something and mm-hmm. get a mattress. But I went into stores to buy a mattress, and I was just so skeeved out by the situation that I just gave up and i still have this 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 was like what do you mean like what do you mean you were 10 months out? ago because you go i don't know man you go in and there's like a guy who's like hey like what kind of mattress do you want and i i feel like if i'm t- like my my budget never feels high enough for them mm-hmm. and like they're i'm just a means to an end for them and i feel mm-hmm. like first of all how can there be that much variety of mattress something you spend your entire you it's something you spend a third of your life on and this is the other issue for me is it's a it's a product that you don't buy that many and yet you're expected to know to like what it's know gonna, about to know what kind of mattress you like and yeah. it's such a huge investment the whole I was just like nope not doing it I'm out <laughs> no mattress for me not I'm dealing just gonna, with that and it made me think like do I have an issue sleeping on my current mattress no there you go that's fair problem solved so I don't I don't know if I will ever buy a mattress in my life I'm just gonna have the I mean, same next- one. Next time, <laughs> yeah, you'll be sleeping on twin your whole life. Um, next time you go into a mattress store, you got to be like, "Listen, I don't know what beds are. Explain everything to me, and then just act like you've never slept on a bed before." There you go. So my problem with that though is I feel like they're going to take advantage of me. Oh, they so, will, but that's go- when you play the 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 smart card on them and be like, "Hey, I know people who take advantage of me, and I know <laughs> what, what that looks like, so don't do it." <laughs> Dude, I don't, I don't know. know. I I am at, I am like peak level of discomfort like i would rather be roasted over a fire like uncle than go and try to buy a mattress that is the funniest thing <laughs> i've probably heard from you in this entire podcast right there that is the most absurd thing yeah no i understand that though it's it's, it's scary so out there and doing something it's for the first so time awkward. especially purchasing stuff like that is scary yeah like imagine going to like micro center and, buy, and like trying to pick out computer parts for the first time that would be very scary to do you have no clue what you're even trying to do. I guess they would probably figure it out for you. That's different than a mattress. Well, what gets still. what gets me is like you don't feel comfortable with any time spent learning. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you, there's immediately pressure to buy now, and that yeah. is what drives me crazy. Because then I start making bad decisions, and I'm like, I guess this is what I want. Like I I want to buy something just for the experience to be over. To be over, yeah, yeah. And I give up on the analysis, and I'm just like, whatever. Let me leave the store now, please, because you're <laughs> scaring me, sir. And I just want to get out of that situation. And it stinks because a bed is not like something you can look up on the internet and be like, oh, I want this bed. You have to go exactly. Kinda, like, you have to go sit on it and lay on it. 
And, well, and, and that's the thing. Like, if if you are a stronger person than I, then you go into that mattress store. You say, "I'm just looking. Leave me alone." And you just walk around and lay down on different mattresses, and that's how you do it until you feel comfortable. But I am just like a weak, a weakling. Just, just give yourself like five years, and maybe you'll have a new mattress. <laughs> maybe I'll work my up. <laughs> Well, I'll just organically have these these cycles where I'm like, I need a new mattress. Oh wait, this is terrible, and then go, and eventually I'll get to a point where I'll buy a new one. But... You'll get more steps along in the process. So the first time you went in there, you immediately were asked, "Would you like to buy a mattress?" You're like, "Nope, I'm out, I'm done." And then <laughs> the next time you'll be like, "Well, I'm thinking about it," and then I'll be like, "All right, well, I can show you some of these." You'll be like, "Nope, I'm out, I'm done." <laughs> yeah, I'll work. I'll, I'll get further each time. Very slow, steady steps. <laughs> For you know, 13 years, I'll have a mattress. So they take the picture. They take the photo. <laughs> and this is funny because Abigail is just just like oh roasting, roasting John. John. Yeah. Like, oh, you wanna you wanna come back and do some more poses, John? You're gonna pose? <laughs> <laughs> this is just golden. I love yeah. it. Uh, and she's that... roasting him over the fact too that he's just acting weird, but being nice, which is just <laughs> oh god, like that's such a bad situation. That's just sucks. Like it's funny. It but... sucks. What do you mean? Like, you're being so nice, like, this isn't like you, because you're an awful person every other time. No, I'm just saying, that's, like, the most absurd way you can look at that. <laughs> no, I think it's, I think I it's the appropriate response, because no, I know. he is being extremely cordial and, like, mm-hmm. pleasant, and I think Abigail doesn't really know how to handle it, and that's why she's cracking jokes and stuff, rather than, I, yeah. like, I can see, I see what you're saying, how it's, like, it's too bad they can't just, like, genuinely enjoy the moment without it being, mm-hmm. like, comic relief, but... At the same time, but no, like, that's probably what would happen in real life too. It's not like that's yeah, it's it's very ridiculous. realistic to be like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna th- put the coat down on, on the puddle for me, John. Now and exactly, John's yeah. like, well, I would, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, going to the theater, you go and watch this little movie, and this made me laugh so hard because I love the fact you go in there and you're like, <laughs> you ask the cashier, you're like, I'll go see this. Movie. I can't remember the name of the. Do you remember the name of the movie? It's something no, like. Oh, I don't remember. Some, I don't know. It's, I think it has sisters in the name or something. But you go in there, you're like, I'd like to see this movie. You're like, it'd be 50 cents. And he's like, so what's it about? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like such a realistic I don't know. Yeah, like every every interaction on this in this mission is just super awkward. I love it's it. It's so funny. It so you go be, sit down. Yeah, maybe what? this this mission is like an argument for why you should be an outcast from society. So you don't need to worry about <laughs> buying you know mattresses I mean? and talking to movie. I mean, the, the classic thing is these the people who you buy movie tickets from say enjoy the show and then you say not you You too too. (laughs) yeah don't (laughs) say that because oh man i you know that people are just doing that to prompt you to say you too and they're gonna be like hey i wonder if this schmuck is gonna say you too when i say enjoy the show it it still catches me i've done a few people pretty uh like in the last year yeah i think i'm just gonna do the dad thing where i just genuinely say it and just own it mean it yeah just then you never have to worry about it that's Mm. the thing um, I'd be a pro at buying mattresses if I was that, you know, aggressive. Enjoy your mattress, and you go YouTube to the mat- into the mattress salesman. <laughs> you too, and then and then they're in bed with me. Hey, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> oh man. Um. So yeah, you go to the theater, and I love the other. I don't really like the the movies about um like some guy trying to send love to like this woman who's drawn on a photo, and the woman just ain't having it. Pretty much. It's like, do you remember anything about Is the it movie? A cartoon. It's, yeah, it's like a it's like a drawn cartoon, but it kind of like emulated to look like a real hand is drawing like this cartoonish woman. I think she's cartoonish. I can't remember exactly. But either way, he's like drawing like, oh, I'll give you this. I'll give you that. And she's just not having any of it. And she ends up taking a gun out and killing the, the drawer of the <laughs> of the picture. <laughs> okay, I don't remember this. Um, yep. 
But during the whole time, oh, hold on, go. Well, I was just gonna say the video that I was watching is like mm-hmm. the gold star, the gold medal thing, and one of the prerequisites for getting the gold medal is to complete this mission in seven minutes or whatever it is, which I think is terrible because if you're trying to do that on your first try, you're you're not enjoying your time in the city. And what he actually does in the playthrough that I was watching is he goes in and sits down and then gets up immediately, and then John says like, "I think we've seen enough of that" or something. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> which is sad because that's like no way to really enjoy this mission. Yeah, no, I did everything. I was gonna even if it wasn't a requirement. So it's like when I did the Mary mission, I purposely watched that entire show, and that's quite a long show. That's like a seven minute show. This oh, is yeah. like a two minute movie, so it's really not much. But I love how the whole time you're making comments about the movie, the cashier shushing you every single time you talk. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. Yeah, so, some John like the something the girl will do something, and I'll be like, "Oh, is that you up there?" Like John will say that, and then the, the cashier's like, "Shh!" Like every single. Time. Wait, why is the cash? You do you mean like the um, whoever's watching, whoever's with the movie? I'm pretty sure it says cashier in the subtitles. That's why I'm saying cashier. But whoever's there, like the 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 person you, like what guarding do you call that. There's a, I don't like know. a mater d or something. I don't know what that I don't word know. means, but yeah, I, I I see what you're saying. That's funny. Yeah, every <laughs> single talk, and and it gets worse and worse. Like she'll like whoever's watching will be like shh, like really long. <laughs> it's awesome. just really funny. It's a good mission. I enjoyed this mission a lot. I, I what still... I love about it is it feels like a real life date. Like you're just like mm-hmm. pissing around town, and like you go get a. I mean, not, not that you're gonna go and get photos taken on a date, but like, yeah, you're just kind of doing whatever. This mission makes me want to go on a date, and it makes me feel sad that we're so that we literally and cannot, we cannot do that. Uh, we actually, cannot do that. It's <sighs> um, frustrating, but. Uh, so we go to the lake to end this off, and they just steal a boat. <laughs> Yeah, they just steal a boat, and John's like, he's not gonna, like, no one's gonna worry about this, and Abigail. Yeah. Yeah, Abigail's like, She's like, like I hope there's no sure. holes in it. <laughs> so, yeah, you go out in the lake, you, you swim to, or, you know, swim, but you, you paddle to, um, kind of, like, a little bit offshore. You get the prompt to propose, because it's a video game, and... <laughs> <laughs> press F to pay respects. Yeah, yeah press, press B to propose, and then you propose to her, and she, she's... First, it's funny, too, because John's like, you know, it's if you think this is stupid and, like, dumb, like, I get it. And then she's like, no, not at all. She, like, she loves it. She loves the fact that, like, like we're making this, like, a real thing. Oh, you know? watching Abigail's face, at, like, you, it's it's just, like, it's not it's that. Just I, so I don't nice. have any words. It's just yeah. so nice to see how she's, like, so genuinely surprised and elated and, mm-hmm. like, in love with John all at once in this scene. It's just so beautiful. And yep. It's like everything and kiss that Arthur was fighting for. And that's yep. what makes it so impactful, I think. I think this is the first time you see them kiss, too, in the game. I it think it is. Like a real, yeah, like, maybe not, I don't know if they, like, peck on the cheek at all. Probably this not. This is, like, though. a nice one they hold, though, and, like, it shows them in the background with, like, the sun setting on the lake. It's just very romantic. It's very nice. It is a very romantic proposal. I actually proposed this past year. And, oh, yeah. Um, not that I forgot, but the fact that I didn't, <laughs> wouldn't just randomly mention something like that. No, I just wouldn't even randomly mention that without, like, being like, oh, hey, can I talk about this? I oh, know. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm fine. Um, I know. But it, I think we actually mentioned that already. Like Did around the time that, that it happened, I think you've talked about your fiance. Or something. You've mentioned your fiance, so obviously. Um, but it, it actually played out like a similar day where we did all these different activities, and then towards the end is when I went through with it, and it was very nerve wracking. And I, I, don't I remember, imagine, dude, like, 
we went to dinner after and i had like this nice dinner planned mm-hmm. and it it was nice but i was like so nervous just like amped up you know that i just yeah. couldn't enjoy it and that that's frustrating to me but um it's it, let that be a lesson learned if if that could happen to you maybe like do something at home i don't know no <laughs> so you don't I mean, have to go I, out i i think it it, it, it still was it's nice still, yeah it was just it like ruin it. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's hard to expect someone to be able to, like, be able to, like, sit down and relax after that. Because that's, like, that's, yeah. like, a once-in-a-lifetime moment, possibly. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I if can't I, see guarantee. If I don't mess up anymore, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Possibly. And you're right. You're right. Um, but I, I really identify with John's, like awkwardness throughout the day where she's mm-hmm. where she's like making jokes about like why are you like doing this because i yeah there's just there's just like some little things where like i i had to be at a, at a place at a certain time i'll keep it vague but like mm-hmm. i was like i would like rush in certain parts and and she would be like what are you like what are you doing like who cares like let's just do this instead i'd be like no i think we should really do this you know like <laughs> like like john like let's go get a photo taken and she's like why like yeah I, it's really realistic i think in that sense and i, I mm-hmm. thought that was cool um yeah so that's just my two cents i, I love this mission i i don't know no, it was a great mission. I almost kind of wish that this was the end of the game. Like, this would be such a nice way to end the game. Obviously, there's still a lot of really... Un- like, the the, the lead-up to this would have to be a little different. Like, no mention of Micah, you know, or whatever. Um, of, like, no no mention of something that isn't hasn't been solved yet. But this would be, like, a really nice ending. And then you just, you just do whatever this you want is, after this. I think this is the ending that Arthur wants. Yeah. Where he says, you know get abigail and jack and don't turn back and yeah i i think i don't know man like i and even, I, I, love I was gonna say the mission title is great too like if it ended with the last mission being a new future imagined oh be a good ending see what's tough about that title is that it is imagined because we yep, know I what know. happens yeah, and that know. is what guts me every time I, yeah. th- there's something and we talked about this a little bit before about the effect of playing a prequel and how it if it's not really done well it feels like you're watching a memory mm-hmm. um and in this case or, i mean that could also be the intention granted uh but in this case you don't feel that you feel like you're in the moment you do yes but even with that or in spite of that you know the end and the end feels really real but also like it's not present it's it's literally not present but also it's not front of mind because you're enjoying the moment and i think that is sort of like something that that is that rockstar is trying to impart by saying like even if you even if you meet a bad end like mm-hmm. it's not about it's it's about the journey or the destination you know mm-hmm. the cliche sorry um but like you can still and john and abigail can still enjoy these moments in spite of their end and you could argue that they succeeded in arthur's goal even if they were you know if they, they met a grim end yes but mm-hmm. they still had these years and these moments and i think yep. it, it's just evidence that we need to enjoy our own moments as well it, it it reminds me like the whole scenario you're painting where we know of his of his impending doom eventually 
Um, like, if you had the ability to, to, to know when you were going to die, would you want to know that? And, like, I feel like it would ruin, like, moments like these. Like, for the rest of your life, if you chose to learn when you were going to die. Because you would be like, well, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. You're right. <laughs> yep, it's like, but just that we're on the outside and we're not the actual person who knows when they're going to die. It's weird, man. I don't know. Yeah, I like that. <sighs> yeah. I don't... Mm. <laughs> you, just... you, you stumped me there with that one. Yep. And now I'm thinking about, when am I going to die? <laughs> <laughs> that was not the intention. Really. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because I, I think one way and I, you see this in like in like poetry and art a lot like one way of making the present feel more real is by putting it next to death and fatality and like you know oh appreciate the setting sun because you'll only see it so many times and then you're dead yeah well that's, that's scary to think about there's there's a poem for you right there <laughs> yeah right there <laughs> But um, I think there's something to be said for living life in the moment for the moment without thinking about death might be a truer experience because you're you're tr- you cannot be present if you're like, hey, I'm really glad I I'm looking at the sky today because I'm going to die. Like, no, mm-hmm. that's not really being present. That's maybe you're being mindful of your death. But and, and I don't know. It's tough because thinking about your death actually does make you appreciate things more. Yeah. Um, that's actually like an, an exercise that you can do where if you feel like you're not really like, well, this, this pandemic is a great way to make you think like, what if I didn't have a job, for example, or what if I lost someone I love to the pandemic? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can say that, oh, that's not, that's dark and on the instinct is to say like, oh, don't think like that. Like that's unhealthy, but actually it can promote. It is. I think it's healthy. Oh, okay. It, okay, I, I thought you were saying it is unhealthy. <laughs> no, no, it is. It is healthy because <laughs> it does promote you to recognize and say, like, "Hey, this is something that I appreciate, and I want to show my appreciation." Um, well, it's like that whole thing with like human nature. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it's human nature. I should say, but like people, you get those intrude. I think it's intruding th- thoughts where like you'll be at a bridge and you'll be like, "What if I just jumped off this right now?" It's like one of those types of things where it kind of like. I don't know what the point of it necessarily is. I have no but idea what you're talking about. You've never heard of intrusive thoughts. Maybe you've just never experienced it. It'll be like where you'll be like, I could die right now if I stepped forward. Like, say you're on a cliff Mm -hmm. and you'll be like, well, I could do it, but I'm not going to. But your your brain reminds you that that is a realistic thing that could happen right now. You've never heard of this. Look it up after we're done with recording. And I'm I'm really surprised. Hold on. Or it's like, it's like the thought where like you're driving a car and you could be like, I could just veer off the side of the road and just kill myself right now if I wanted to. But I'm obviously not going to. Like, it's not, a, it's not, like, a terrible thing to think about. It's something that would just naturally come to mind because, you know, your people are complicated and something will just pop into their head. Intrusive thoughts are unwanted thoughts, impulses, or mental images that often cause significant anxiety, stress, and impairment within an individual's ability to function. That sounds more like... That sounds like more... Like, medically. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you have, I think like... I might be... Yeah, that doesn't sound like... Uh... Maybe I'm not using the right terminology for it, but I, I'm sure someone out there who's listening will know what I'm talking about. So I'm in, surprised you've never heard thoughts, of that. The definition that I'm reading right now reminds me of like OCD or anxiety or something mm-hmm. where you're, you're, a thought comes to mind that you cannot suppress and it's just happening over and over again. Whereas you're talking about something more, it's like, a, like it's your mind's like wandering body experience or something. Yeah. Where it's something like that. You're like enlightened by a thought that appears as saying, 
It's not even that you're enlightened. It doesn't lead you to, to think of something new, but it's just your body, like, reminding you of, like, how short life is and how short you can make it. It's really weird. I don't know. That's Maybe I'm getting weird. Maybe I should stand on more cliff edges. Yeah, getting more, like, possible life and death situations. <laughs> and then... <laughs> then you'll understand. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know. It's something It's something interesting. I'm surprised it's just never happened to you. You've never been in a car and been like, I could veer off the side of the road right now and kill myself. Yes. There's a 21 Pilots song, Car Radio, that says, mm-hmm. I could pull a steering wheel, referring to, like... If I wanted to, I could end this right now. Yeah, just immediately. It's, and that, or... yeah, that is striking. I'll I'll consider it. I'll consider it. I'll get, I'll it I'll get some more some more of those thoughts. Brandon. Yes, that was the point of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no, uh, I th- I think you're right. I think that even even though it it comes across as dark, it actually can have positive fruit to bear uh, mm-hmm. in the end because it puts things into perspective exactly <sighs> with that brevin wow is there anything else that's the final mission that's that's the, the, of, the of the game now no i wish kind of you know what's no, funny the... you could you could stop you could just say this is my final mission yep you could and never play red dead one and then you know john lives a happy life with abigail and no <laughs> oh, issues happen. i like that well furthermore you could continue to play red dead 2 and just be john in this moment in this scenario, yeah, and yeah. never, never move on. I like it. And you're just, you're just n- never, never endingly living with Charles and Uncle. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, I love that. I love that reality. Mm-hmm. Is Uncle buried next to Abigail and John? In the end, I think we didn't we talk about that. I'm just I wondering. It just jumped in my head. I'm pretty sure. Um, Good. I think he deserves to be. Oh, see, the, you totally came around on Uncle. You hated Uncle. Let me I really did, and I still kind of hate him, but he deserves <laughs> at least to be. He deserves to be very. He is though. the. He is what the word ambivalence was created for. I think. <laughs> um, yeah. So, listeners out there, please write in to reddeadcast at gmail dot com with your thoughts um, on any of this. Anything. anything. I mean, we're coming towards the end. So really, I th- I think next. I think. At, well at least start writing in about like your thoughts on the overall experience because yeah um what what we'll probably do is after you beat the game we'll have another episode to be like a total yeah closer ref- reflection and that will be a time where you can write in but if you want to write in now it's also a great opportunity that's crazy we're, we're two weeks away from the final possible final episode of this season if it's the only se- if it's the uh if there's a next season of the show yeah i (laughs) yeah probably won't be the we'll probably do something else i love how we won't guarantee it still i think it's so funny we're just never so close we're We're gonna get the first the the first episode of the episode is gonna be like well this is kind of happening it's if like (laughs) we we recorded this but we don't know if we're gonna release it (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh my gosh um on that note, I mean, hey, send in podcast ideas, feedback again. I I really do value it. I don't know if it, if that's coming across, but like I I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm trying to change the show and my own behavior to make things better. So and you can send me feedback too. I haven't gotten there's any no feedback. feedback. Yet. Brevin, you're like really like you. I honestly don't send me Brevin feedback because he's perfect and I don't want to hear. <laughs> it. Only praise for Brevin. 
Oh my goodness, I don't deserve only praise. <laughs> Learn how to speak better. That'll be the only feedback. You I don't get. have you don't have an issue with that though. I don't think so. I don't know. Learn how to learn how to say words correctly. That'll be it. <laughs> what that's an issue. We, I do. Oh, what what was that word you said? That where I was like, is that what you're trying to say? I don't. Oh. I can't remember what it is. It was a good one though. It was. It was funny. See, but my <laughs> mistakes make us laugh, so it's okay. There you go. <laughs> I mean, hey, what did he say about Big Quint? Same applies to you. <laughs> Big Quint. Yep. <laughs> I I gotta re-reply. I'm, well, I'm sure. Well, I'm not sure. Hopefully, Drew listens to this because now I'm I'm reading my email and feel like a crazy person that I sent him. <laughs> I was like, I mean, "What are you talking about, Drew?" I don't. Know. Did you look up who that was too? You said you no, did, well, right? Yeah, I did, and I was like, "This doesn't have anything to do with our show." What are you talking about? But no, you did mention that, which is funny. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Who would have thought Big Quinn would show up on a podcast? I just <laughs> Big Quinn. If you're listening to this, Big Quinn. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing Respect. else to say. Respect. Uh, All right. Anyway, Brevin, good luck getting back out there as John. Like I said, I encourage you to do some exploration and just take your time because we're, we're, we all die in the end. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> wow, that is... Right. I was going to say, I was going to say, you know, you only have so much time left playing the game, but then I decided to... Take it, take it an extra step. Yeah, you took it like 10 steps ahead. That's fine. <laughs> we'll do it. I'm excited. Final episode, possibly. Well, final episode for story-related stuff that is on missions. Mm. We'll be next week. Thank you again so much for listening. We love you guys. Yeah, every single one. I really you. appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to every single... Has gotten this far in the series. Wow. It's really... Can I propose to listen? you? Really? <laughs> <laughs> sorry honey oh man <laughs> all right uh i think i think we're done yeah we're done we're done <laughs> Nobody see you yeah, everyone that. this is red dead reflection right into reddedcast@gmail.com. follow us on instagram red dead cast thank you so much. adios see ya bye bye